Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Welcome to the goddamn 30th episode of Unmuted. Scribe, I can't believe we're making it. It's, it's 30. 30. Um, I'm just going to shout out some of the homies that uh, tune in before the wait screen is even over. Judy, Joy, Khal Tamimi, uh, Rudy, Roxanne, Joshua. What is up, all you guys? Let me know if, uh, if you can hear me well. Give me a, a thumbs up. Thank you, Ujiha, for that like. Uh, let me know if you can hear me well if you can see me well um 30th episode man it's a it's a special time i know we did a we did a little party for the 25th because that was the halfway mark for my big 50 milestone but 30th is uh, is a nice round number also i think everyone can relate to to getting over the 30 hump at least for most of you in the comments <laughs> sorry i'm just i'm not i'm not i'm it's a dad joke kind of day anyway um, that's uh, that's for all the tribe that know what's going on. But if you're new here, my name's Adnan, and on the show we talk about motivation, inspiration, and all things creative with a bunch of interesting people from around the world, and that includes you. So if you're tuning in live, make sure you join the conversation in the comments. Anything you want to say, any questions you have, my guest and I will respond to it live while the episode airs. Uh, Rudy says you sound sexy. All right, thank you. Uh, I'm glad it's the SM7B. This thing works magic. Um, before we jump into things, I wanna I wanna give a massive shout out to uh, to the patrons. See all these names up here. These are the guys that are supporting the show, going above and beyond uh, to make the show happen three times a week as it is. And um, if uh, if if anything, it wouldn't be possible without them already. So, uh, and I also wanna wanna name drop a few. Thank you, Ahmed Abbas. Uh, I wanna name drop a few. These are the guys that unlock the beast mode. Over on Patreon, uh, Ahmed, Liz, Tammy, Khalid, Dana, and Jamal. Uh, you guys are absolutely amazing. And um, if you're watching this and you want to become a producer on the show, uh, check the link in the description. It says support unmuted. And uh, there's a bunch of different options how you can do that. And if that's not your thing or you're not uh, able or willing to do that, uh, a like and a share go, go a fucking long way for an internet show. I can, uh, I can not <laughs> stress that enough. Um, but all your support is absolutely amazing, guys. Um, uh, Priscilla's in the house. What is up? You guys, <laughs> you, guys are, you guys are going off in the comments. I love it. This is a good vibe. Um, let's get to my guest today, man. My guest is Luki Shield, a.k.a. Swerte. Um, uh, he is a... Uh, he's a bunch of things. I, I, you can't even wrap him up. I tried, I tried to wrap him up in the description. It didn't work for me. So he's, uh, he's got a rap group. Uh, called the recipe or who, who are amazing he's also in a metal band called gde uh who are one of my favorite uh live bands in the uae in in the region um he's also one of these people that for no apparent reason want to support the community and the local independent art scene uh through his his platform called the ascent which we'll get into because uh, i find i find those people very interesting um, and there's a lot. There's a lot to unpackage here. He's, uh, he's a third culture kid. He's got a bunch of stories. So uh, let's get him in here. Hit the intro. Suerte, welcome to the show. What's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good after an intro like that. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> You, you made my you made my day, man. <laughs> well, that's what we do here on Unmuted, man. <laughs> Thanks um, so much. 
guys uh, uh, in the comments just uh, if you could hear us see us both clearly uh, all the technical issues are out of the way just give us a thumbs up or just let me know in the comments because you guys know uh, you know where the show name came from <laughs> but um yeah man i uh, i'm very excited to have this conversation with you because i feel like we ran in the same circles for so long uh yeah. and only recently just kind of barely touched base yeah. uh it was i think it was uh, it might have been a desert experiment and then the uh this vengali show i don't know if it yeah. was the other way around it was the other way around actually yeah so Definitely. so and, and i mean in both those cases everyone's kind of doing their own thing figuring their own stuff out uh, and uh, and collaborating and stuff but uh, we never had a like a sit down conversation kind of thing yeah yeah this um, uh, whole stay at home lockdown thing i think has blessed everyone with that like people are starting to connect because they've got nothing else to do right so yeah that's definitely a, a silver lining for for a lot of people yeah, exactly. um everyone's saying uh, uh, all good all clear uh, roxanne saying welcome suerte what's going on roxanne thanks so I start these things uh, the same way almost every time. Um, I kind of gave you an intro before the intro there. But in your own words, if you were to introduce yourself to the tribe. I work with sound. I make noise. (laughs) Damn. Wait, wait, wait. Let me just point this out. This is why I'm such a big fan. Because you just made an intro into this like slogan art piece. I think that's fucking (laughs) brilliant. I make sound. I work with sound and I make noise. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what kind of got me into all of this, you know, spending hours and hours messing around with sound gear and doing the exact opposite of what people told me not to do because it'll break the gear or whatever. And then, uh, trying to figure out how to control like feedback loops and stuff. And that kind of got me into sound design or whatever. And, yeah, so I, I kind of just make noise. I like hanging out in the studio and, and working with sound. As as uh, as cliche as it is, um, let's take it back to when you first figured out uh, you wanted you wanted to do stuff with sound because everyone's story is so damn different. Um, I thought I thought there was a, a rhythm. I thought there would be a pattern. Uh, after doing a few of these to be like you know um i don't know whatever it is i saw metallica i bought my first tupac tape i did this for the first time and that's exactly how it got into it but there's so many different like variations of that story that it really isn't a pattern anymore um yeah and uh, and i know you started super early too uh yeah so so how 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 did music come into your life in terms of not only just listening to it but like i want to make that um it was through watching my brother. My brother, like I, I was born and I grew up in Indonesia. And uh, when I was eight years old, we moved to the capital, Jakarta. And my brother went to one of the uh, bigger um, Indonesian schools there. And he was in high school. And they had a marching band thing that he would do after school. So he was part of this marching band that would do like, you know, formations in the field and stuff like that. And at the end of every year, all the national schools in Indonesia would compete. And it was this big thing. And watching him in that competition, you know, in, in this gigantic stadium, the music, the sound, the crowd, like, I, you know, I was 
eight, nine years old or something, seeing that and experiencing that, I think really had an effect on me. And that's probably where, where music infected me, you know? Was it the, um, sorry to cut you off, but was it the, the stage and the, the, the showcase, like the vibe of it, or was it the music as in the genre, uh, or the, the marching band, the uh, kind of musicians? It was the experience of it, you know, yeah. like anticipation, the tenseness as they walked in with just a, with just a snare drum, you know, each, each school would just walk into the stadium just on a snare drum march and everyone was quiet it was just this tense anticipation and then all of a sudden you know once they got into once they lined up and everything it just went boom and they just started and it was loud everyone was cheering you know like as an eight nine year old in this gigantic stadium experiencing this like, i was just like man this is amazing you know just before that i only listened to music in the car like when my parents were driving or in my room or whatever so this was like my first live music experience and it was so big you know um so yeah that's that's kind of when it, a fire started i guess you could say and from there a couple of years later i started getting into, into rap music and hip-hop and uh indonesia uh birthed first uh, rap artist and um more and more rap artists started started uh, to pop up in indonesia and, and they were commercial artists you know they were backed by major labels and stuff like that and because i guess similar to the uae hip-hop music was very difficult difficult to come into the country it was much easier for me to pick up a, a local rap artist's album than it was to pick up like the newest record in the state so then i started becoming fans of, of these local rappers and i started going to their shows and that was my first experience going to like you know a live show as a fan to a musician that i that i actually enjoyed and that's when i started picking up a pen i decided i would try to give this rap thing a go myself and whenever my american friends came back home from the states they would always bring these um cd singles of uh you know the newest record that came out in the states or whatever and i don't know if you remember um the uh the cd singles always came with the instrumental so i'd always borrow the cd single and on my stereo cassette deck cd thing i would i found that there was like a little tiny plug for a microphone so I would, oh, yeah. play, <laughs> I would play the instrumental from the CD and record to tape deck A while rapping on it. Yeah. So tape A would have the recording of the instrumental and my vocals. And then I would and then I would play off tape deck A and record onto tape deck B and add another layer of vocals on top of that. So tape deck <laughs> B add the instrumental, my first layer of vocals, my second layer of vocals. And that's when recording started for me. You, you know what's crazy? I have the exact same method uh, for uh, for how I started recording anything. Even I don't know if you guys remember in the comments, I uh, I outed myself the other day. My first band was Red Rum, uh, Murder Backwards. For those of you that didn't put two and two together, but we basically uh, would stand. Uh, we had that same double uh, tape deck with a uh, input and. Um, 
just just balls to the wall standing there with a microphone in front of the drum set would lay down the drum set no click no nothing no one yeah. fucking what, what, whatever the hell that was would stick that into A and then would start recording the guitars on B and then would start flip flopping until we got a it wasn't even like a demo sounding track it was just it was it was garbage to a beat um, but that was that was the fir- first recording I've, I've ever uh, you know like something we wrote yeah. that we had a, a version of and yeah. that was the most important thing in my life at that point yeah, yeah. like the idea that I can go to someone's house and be like hey remember that thing that was in my head is now you, you can share this yeah. now yeah exactly like bringing it to school on a Walkman the next day and sharing it with your friends and stuff it was, uh, it was amazing so from there that's kind of like when when I enjoyed recording and writing and making my own music you know and uh, it kind of became like a, a journal for me you know I started calling like whenever I, I was in the room making music I started calling in my fishbowl because like fish fish have like five second memory or so they say you know and so I was like this is my fishbowl this is where I forget about the outside world and I just create um, and express and I didn't make music for anyone but myself you know um, I didn't care if any, if no one listened to it, if no one heard my music or whatever. It's just what I listened to on the bus on the way to school. It's what I listened to walking to class from the school bus, you know, or walking home from the bus. Um, it was just, I made music for the, for myself to be the soundtrack of my own life because it expressed exactly like what I was feeling better than any other band, you know? Yeah. I think also one of the things that's super unique about that uh, timeline is the idea that, that your inspiration came from local artists. Um, from from uh, a lot of people around the world, the inspiration comes from the people that are already international that we kind of import. There's very yeah. rarely a story, um, especially from the people I know from from this region, of like, yo, I uh, you know I found Nerve Cell, and uh, and from <laughs> Nerve Cell I wanted to start a band. It's it's very rare to hear that story. Yeah, but it's no. it's amazing that uh, the the Indonesian rap artists were the ones that are uh, the inspiration for you. Yeah, no, they definitely were. Just solely, just because of it was difficult to get my hands on on international rap albums and stuff, you know. And whenever people from the states came back home, they would bring like the newest album or whatever, and then they would hand it out, and it would just go from person to person to person. And you had one night with this album to just record either the whole thing or just you know record whatever favorite songs you had. And I just had a stack of tape cassettes that had like you know all these random songs that i just recorded from these albums and i'm really bad with names like rapper names and stuff so i i only knew the songs i didn't know who rapped them and it's funny like later on once i left indonesia and i moved to manchester um you know people would be like oh what what rappers did you grow up listening to or whatever and um i wouldn't be able to name them but i'd be like yeah the song kind of goes like this or I'd hear a song in the club and I'd be like, hey, that's that song that I used to listen to on that tape that came right after this other song from that artist. Um, so yeah, that's why like, I, I knew who the Indonesian artists were, you know? Yeah. I, sp- speaking of uh, of names and uh, remembering uh, rappers' names, I, I grew up with a bit of rap and a bit of, uh, and a bit of metal. Uh, a lot more metal than rap, but I, I do uh, too, love it. 
Uh, yeah, I, I want to get into that, but um, I've always the the stage name idea has been something that I've had uh, for for a long time, and um, I grew up very obviously a big fan of corn, so head was uh, was the thing in high school, and then it kind of had a bunch of different iterations, and then we added the head nan for Adnan and all that stuff. But I always wondered like how people got uh, their stage names, their nicknames, because I've had a really shit one for <laughs> you know twenty years. Um, and I, I, what is Swarte, and where'd you? How did that come about? Um, so I had a lot of Filipino friends in my school, and like you spell my name like Lucky, right? Tell you secretly why. So they called me Swarte. The Swarte, the Gallo means Lucky, and I think it also means Lucky in like Spanish and Italian and stuff like that. Um, and so they always called me Swarte, um, and then. When it came to me performing for the first time, you know, they, they asked me, what's, what's your artist name? And I just said, Swerte. And it just stuck. Yeah, that's a much much cooler story than I liked Head and we added the Nan at the end of it. <laughs> well, I, I used to have hair like Head back in the day. I used to have like braids and I stuck wires in them so that they, they came out and stuff like that. It looked a little bit more like Coolio than Head. <laughs> um, yeah, I was a big corn fan too. Still am. The only band I w- I've ever traveled to go watch. Oh yeah. Yeah, I flew out to Singapore to go watch them in Singapore in 2016, I think. Yeah. The only time I've ever seen them was here, which is another like. Yeah, I saw them here too. Insane. Yeah. That was crazy. That's when Head wasn't with them. Yeah, exactly. I I still haven't seen Head. Um. Oh. Uh, let's jump into the comments real quick. These guys are, are killing it here. Uh, Luki, my dude, sorry for fucking up the breakdown from Khaled Tamimi. What breakdown? I'm not oh! Sure. <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. It's all good, man. Like, whatever. We still killed it. All right? He's talking about the other, the other experience. Um, he thinks he, he messed up, but he didn't. It was an awesome, oh. awesome we, uh, we, we we just we just blame everything that goes wrong uh, on Khaled anyway, so uh, that, that's okay, Khaled. Uh, better luck right. next time. <laughs> Screw you, Khaled. Don't don't mess up next time. <laughs> uh, Santosa's in the house. It looked like Luki. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, it is it is him right there. Hi. <laughs> uh, Joy saying, other than yourself, of course, what rappers inspire you around the world? What rappers inspire me around the world? Um, so once I started performing, like the performance was always like what drew me into music and sound and stuff, right? So I started listening to a lot of uh, bands and, and, and hip hop groups and artists that I thought were really, really had great stage performance, you know, and um, the two bands that really, really um, had an influence on me when I was in my teenage years were House of Pain and Cypress Hill. Nice. Um, and then both Thugs and Harmony. Um, and um, how I started performing in Indonesia, the only time, but if, if you weren't a big artist that was established and backed by the major labels. The only way that upcoming uh, hip hop groups could perform was in uh, count competitions, like 
hip hop rap competitions, but it wasn't battles. It was you had to perform a song, and whoever performed the song the best won. Um, so was it was it based on like flow or the lyrics? Or what, it was what based was on like package. It was like yeah. how good your delivery was, how good your flow was, like your movement, your stage confidence, and everything. Like they were just looking for great artists that had it, had it all, you know. Um, so actually, the first competition um, I ever did, we did um, house. We did. Bone Thugs Crossroads as our first song. I was in a group called the Southsiders because we were from the South Side of Jakarta, um, and it was three of us. And we did Bone Thugs Crossroads. We made it into the final, and in final we kind of cheated. We were meant to perform the same song because that was the rule, but um, just before, like we got, we were on stage. It announced us. We were on stage, and we told the sound engineer. Uh, uh, uh. Turn the tape cassette to side B and rewind all the way to the beginning because it wasn't even CDs back then. We didn't have instrumentals on CDs, so had instrumentals on tape cassette. Like turn it to side B and re rewind it all the way to the beginning. So they rewind it all the way to the beginning, and like we were just standing awkwardly on stage, everyone's watching us, and then they hit play. That intro came on. Da, 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 da. And the whole fucking place just went nuts. When that beat kicked in, and uh, and we won, we won first place. That was great. Yeah, I have uh, I have a, a ba battle of the bands kind of uh, what's it called? What is it called? <laughs> like a um, not battle of the bands, like a showcase. What what were they called? Those assembly talent things, show? talent show. Well, yeah. I don't know why ta the term talent show slipped my mind, but um, I think I was in grade. I must have been in like grade six or seven. And uh, they, uh, we, we had this plan uh, to perform Coolio's um, Gangsta's Paradise. Gangsta's Paradise, obviously. Of course, that's a, the, the deep cut. We were going yeah. for the deep cut. And um, the, while we were do, getting up on stage, the assembly leader, the principal, whatever the fuck, um, this was way back in Sydney in Australia, said, we're allowed to play the song, but we're not allowed to sing over it with the microphones. Because we didn't have any instrumentals, we were just going to play the full song and and kind of rap over with it, me and my friend. And as we were getting on stage, they told us we weren't allowed to do that, <laughs> and we weren't allowed to have the microphones in our hands. So we ended up grade six, uh, just standing there, kind of like lip syncing, like no one could hear you, they could hear the music. They're barely lip syncing because I, I feel I thought if I lip sync, it would make it more awkward. So I, just kind of, so I just stood there, kind of, you know. Doing the hand movement. <laughs> Sorry, it, was, it was the longest four minutes of my life. <laughs> it still haunts me to this day. But, uh, but yeah, that, that uh, definitely made me, gave me that little bit of uh, edge for the next time I performed. I was like, I've already been through the worst. Uh, it, it doesn't get worse than that. I could, I could figure, figure out a, a performance next time. I got in trouble at a talent show at school in high school and like I think I was in eighth or ninth grade no 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 no, no. high school is more than that right so I was in 10th or 11th grade and um, it was a talent show at the high school and I, I don't know why I decided it was a great idea to play Nirvana's Rape Me oh no um, yeah they, they yanked us off that stage and sent us straight to the principal's office <laughs> 
Oh no. <laughs> Apparently there was people crying because of our lyrics and stuff. And I yeah. I didn't it, it only clicked afterwards when we had gotten in trouble that it was like maybe we shouldn't have done that song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I want to talk about uh, a little bit more about uh, just getting in trouble and the overall perception of you moving into that. But um, I just want to shout out some people that are tuning in a little late. Uh, Ola is saying, uh, yes, it is. Uh, uh, lucky in Spanish. Waji has also confirming, yep, suerte is lucky in Spanish or luck in Spanish. Um, Khaled Tamimi is asking, uh, Adnan, you like head? Uh, I, I, I know. I walk into these things. <laughs> Uh, Wadiya is in the house. She says, hi, Luki. Hi, Adnan. Hi, um, and the other Wadiya is in the house. What's up, guys? All the way from South Africa. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Rudy and uh, uh, Wadiya is saying, honestly, I checked out the recipe for the first time earlier today before the podcast. Better late than never. And what a great first impression. Oh, thank you. I'm curious. What what did you check out? What yeah, Wadiya, let, let us know what you watched. Or what? Because, uh, yeah, there's some interesting music videos we have on, on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, I'm, curi- I'm curious. what if, if you watched the music video, I wonder which one it was. Uh, I want to I wanna dig into those music videos because they're super um, very well done. I, I love the stuff you guys put out. But um, going back to, to, you know, high school, all that stuff, I'm just curious how uh, you're, like, uh, family and friends uh, kind of perceived this. Were you in a group of friends that were all creative, uh, kind of making stuff, or were you the 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 you know the the weird one in the group uh, like I was, or um, were you in a family of, of musicians? How, how like I know your brother was was in a marching band, but marching band and uh, and I'm starting to produce rap is very two different worlds, right? Oh, I think. I think we got Luki stuck. Uh, I think he is. Yep. All right. We'll uh, we'll wait for him to reconnect. I'm super super curious about that. And guys in the comments, if you're uh, if you're, let me know how it, it, you if you ever got in trouble for like listening to a certain kind of music or or if uh, if you know you had any kind of restrictions uh, or, or people looked at you differently because they found out you you know they either listen to rap or you listen to rock or any of that stuff um sometimes that stuff is um an oversight like i don't know growing up growing up in a traditional family they had no idea uh what uh what i was doing when we first started talking about metal and rock khal tamim is saying lol you're gonna have to ask that question again uh, yeah i uh i think uh when Luki rejoins um i'll uh, i'll hit him up again but uh but, dude, I played Trivium in my talent show. <laughs> you youngin. Um, uh, yeah, just let me know. Let me know if the the audio and the video quality is good for you guys, because because as long as you can hear him, I know uh, the audio is a little low on on Luki's end at the very beginning. But uh, as long as you guys you guys can hear him, uh, we're good to go. I'm trying to get him back in uh, the chat here. Oh, yeah, that's that's the question I want you guys to answer. Anyone in the in the comments? Um, did you guys did you guys have any trouble uh, in terms of what 
music you listen to with with your surroundings uh you know did your parents uh, did your friends did anyone kind of i uh, think the genre you were listening to was weird or or in my case like satanic or or anything like that is uh, those stories always uh, are are very uh, interesting to me how people kind of perceive the different uh, you know the unknowns if you if you grew up listening to the beatles you know kind of a corpse was weird if you didn't grow up listening to the beatles the beatles were weird everything looks and sounds good it's all good sound and video thank you judy thank you rudy thank you ala ala uh, saying um you saw you saw swarte at d3 well when he gets back in here um we'll uh, we'll get him up uh up and running uh in just a second and hopefully uh hopefully it's it's smooth transition into this now i was saying i was Ola, by the way for those that uh, that don't know uh Ola in the comments is uh, is my sister and uh, that's probably uh, where where she gets the the comment i'm about to read uh, she writes i was confused between my friends influences and my brother's influences britney spears versus cradle of filth i tried to be uh yeah, I, I try. I tried to show her a bit of a bit of both worlds, and uh, I'm guessing that's where uh, she got the, you know, the uh, what's it called, the dilemma, the juxtaposition, the two extremes. Um, yeah, I'm sorry about that, Ala. <laughs> Luke is back in the house, but is still stuck. I'm not sure if uh, give me a second guys I'm just gonna lower my uh, resolution sent to him okay All right. I think we're back there we go we're back I don't know what the hell was going on <laughs> that's fine I lowered my uh, resolution sent to you uh, hopefully that helps uh, the stream as well so it's not sending you full HD anymore um, but yeah, um, I was just going through the comments while, while you were gone. Uh, uh, it cut up right. I was asking you the question, um, but uh, but uh, we, we were going through some of the comments, and Ola um, uh, was saying, "I saw your show at D three, um, and then uh, I, I went on to ask, uh, what were if there was anyone." Uh, that got in trouble for listening to a certain kind of music or a certain genre of music, whether it was their friends kind of thinking it was lame or weird, or, you know, in my case, like my parents not figuring out what metal was and thinking it was like a, the satanic cult. Um, and, uh, and the answers are pretty cool. Arla um, uh, was saying Britney Spears and Cradle of Filth at the same time because of uh, friends and myself uh, uh, trying to influence her and in what to listen to. Um, <laughs> And Khaled uh, Tamim was saying, I tried to be Danny Filth in the shower. Parents thought I was having an aneurysm. <laughs> um, Serge, Serge is in the house. What's up, Serge? Hails and growls from Cyprus. What's up, Serge? And uh, Rudy saying, Adnan, I just noticed the white beard. Damn, bro, we are getting old. Yes, I am, Rudy. Yes, I am. Thank you for rubbing it in my face. I, um, I, I, you know, the easiest thing is just to blame it on the kid. That's... 
that's that's kind of that's kind of been my approach since he got here and uh i'm not gonna stop so <laughs> welcome back all video and audio good awesome thank you so much judy for that and uh yeah so what what was i asking you before i was uh i was asking uh if if getting into rap and uh and you know producing music and doing all that got you in trouble with uh or not necessarily in trouble but what were their reactions you know family friends were you in a group of friends that were that were creative in general was everyone doing their own creative stuff and uh, it kind of uh, inspired each other or were you you know the weird one out uh you know making music and, and sending tapes to your friends um Oh man, how it's so initially it was it was kind of just me making music on my own when I was when I was at the American school in Jakarta. And then I got in trouble and I got expelled from the American school. And then I had to go to a new school. And I was kind of like a loner in this new school because it was very brand new and I was student number 25. And oh, wow. uh there was no other grade above my grade and I was in grade nine. Um, and, uh, like it was only me and like this other person in my, in my grade. And, uh, so I, I was, I was a loner and I kind of got into substance abuse and through that, I managed to meet one of my hip hop rap idols. Um, and I got to hang out with him. And we became really, really good friends. And he's pretty much like an older brother to me. Um, and he taught me everything about hip hop and rap. Uh, his name is Gary, shout out to Gary. I love you, bro. Um, and uh, he kind of brought me into that circle of all these artists that I grew up listening to. Uh, you know, all these hip hop, Indonesian hip hop stars, I guess you could say. And uh, I started hanging out with them when I wasn't in school, and they, yeah, they, they showed me everything. You know, they taught me everything, how to make music and stuff like that. So I I had different different groups. I had my friends that were at school. You know, as a school group, more students came by and stuff, um, and, and we became friends. But then, if I wanted to make music or whatever, I go and hang out with my music friends. Um, you know, who, We're already adults, or we're already in college or university and stuff like that. Um, yeah. W w would you say uh, not not to sound uh, slogany or like bumper sticker kind of? Would you say music got you out of substance abuse and and the kind of path that you would have gone down? No, it, it wasn't that. No, it definitely got me into it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it it got me deep into it. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I came here to get clean. Oh, really? I did not yeah. know that. Yeah. Um, I, I have a few friends that are here uh, on, on the same premise, which yeah. is uh, super interesting. No temptations and a lot of uh, uh, incentive to do other things and, and you know, do better things with my life. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Let's let's take it from there. Then let's take it uh, uh, from from moving to the UAE. Yeah. Uh, what I, I don't I don't actually know how long you've been here. I came here in 2006, so the beginning uh, of of the land of opportunity. Yeah. So that's you, what I'm you saw this place literally come up. Yeah, yeah. 
back then the Burj, Burj Khalifa looked like a little uh, whiskey flask. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was still being built. Um, the o- oasis, the old Oasis Center, was still there before it got burnt down. Um, Hard Rock Cafe was still over by Media City by the American University. Uh, JLT and, and Marina was all still being built and you know had the most what they call it, cranes in the world. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that was around that time when I came to Dubai. Yeah, we have. Uh, I I came five six years after that, so okay. I mi- I missed a bunch of stuff for sure. Yeah. But I used to visit a lot. Um, okay. I I started visiting Dubai in in. Uh, 2005 because of desert desert rock festival obviously yeah we didn't have anything around that that came close to that so we'd fly in every year um but you you moved here as a as a form of uh cleanse as a form of rehab if that's fair to say um and uh you moved here as i mean it was one of the reasons yeah like so i was i was living in manchester i went to manchester to study sound engineering um it was an 18 month course and then after the 18 months I just decided to stay, so I ended up living in Manchester for four years. Mm-hmm. And Manchester, being the city that it is, you know, it, it pulled me deeper into that that world. Um, I came here on holiday with my then girlfriend, and um, you know, I this place was everything Manchester wasn't. Uh, and I met a whole bunch of people who was who were like, "Look, you know, if you come over here with your experience and." and you know, your sound credentials and stuff like that, like you can get a job easy. I was like, okay, give me three months and I'll come back over here. So I went back, I was working for Subway, just making sandwiches during those four years in Manchester. Um, and I was like, anything to get out of the rain and to get me out of this hole and stop making sandwiches. So I came here and I was supposed to work for Gearhouse to do live, mm-hmm. live uh, sound. And then I ended up uh, instead working at Dubai TV where I still work until now. So the the after the three month uh, kind of uh, bounce back, you were, yeah. you, that job was scheduled, but it didn't. Yeah, they were like, if you come back in three months, like you know, we got a job for you. I came back after three months, and they were like, damn, <laughs> we gave it to someone else. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I already packed up my life, <laughs> and I'm here now. So uh, yeah, then I, I I literally went door to door to every single. Uh, studio production house and they bumped me from here to there and i ended up at bkp and and bkp then linked me with uh dubai tv and thankfully uh dubai tv ended up uh having room for me and uh, just for those listening uh, just for those listening that don't know um a bunch of these companies and stuff these are organizations that you know uh you could work as an audio engineer and they're they're kind of there's a there's a few of them in the uae that are to that caliber and uh, those are the names he's dropping just uh, for, for the, everyone that's not in the uae but um so w- that determination of getting a job uh, in the U- in the uae uh, was was completely pre uh, music here right this is just yeah i want yeah. to move to this city not because of the scene not because of anything like that but just this is kind of the the new opportunity the new page yeah, I, like literally the the night after I arrived, when I when I came here on holiday, the night after I arrived, I went for a job, and you know after living in Manchester for four years, like jogging in the morning in the sun in this beautiful heat, 
just I was just like, man, like I want to, I want to move here. You know, give me one sec. Go for it. We'll uh, we'll wait for uh, Swerte to come back. Oh, it was it was actually one second. He is back. <laughs> um, oh, we're uh, we're. Just, I think it's just plugging in headphones. <laughs> I'm using my phone's hotspot, and my phone was just about to die. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Um, um, yeah, yeah. So you were, so you were that, for that, that jog. Like that was that was a life changing moment for me. That jog was just like I want to move here. And so I spent the rest the, the rest of my holiday here trying to meet people and trying to find opportunities and stuff. And Dubai being, you know, the social city that it is, and um, it's very very much like Singapore um, in the sense that it's very multicultural. You know, it's like it's like the city built for third culture kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it was very easy to get along with people and meet people and, and just click on my holiday and, and um, yeah, they, they eventually let, led me to Gearhouse and then, yeah, then I came here. Where, where did your um, kind of grind ethic uh, come from? If you were to think about like where, where that, uh, that drive for the door to door, cause not, not a lot of people would go door to door, you know, we, we look <laughs> over these things in terms of when we're telling a story of the journey. So I mean, seventy percent of the people would just be like, "Fuck that!" That three month was a was a waste of time. I'm going back. So um, Indonesia hit uh, an economic crisis in 1997, 1998, right? And uh, like my dad lost his job, and he was bouncing around jobs and stuff. And then my mom started getting really, really sick. Uh, she had high blood pressure. She had menopause. She had to get her gallbladder removed and stuff. And there was a lot going on with her health. And my dad then managed to secure a job at Bali. And um, him and my mom, you know, me and him, we decided that it was best that my mom went with him and lived with him in Bali for her health. And I stayed in Jakarta to guard the house. Um, and so this was when I was 14. And my dad was basically like, listen, um, you know, there's only so much that I can support you. I can pay for your school i can help fill your fridge you know fill the fridge up with food and stuff but if you want to do anything else like you got to get a job or whatever you know so then i started performing a lot with my group southsiders using that to kind of get like extra money to do stuff um and then i started dealing things i shouldn't have been dealing <laughs> um and the idea was to, to get enough money from doing that to then make jeans, like pants, jean pants, like my own okay. stuff and sell, sell my own jean pants and jewelry as well, like chains. So that, that entrepreneur spirit runs deep. Yeah, it came, it came out of necessity, really. Like it was either, either sit at home and do nothing because I had no money or find find a way to make some money and, and, and go out and hang out with people, you know, and, and perform and have fun. So, uh, yeah, it came out of necessity. Um, so I was, you know, I was used to going up to people and then hustling and trying to get them to buy whatever the hell it was that was in my bag at the time, you know? Um, yeah, and that's always kind of stuck with me. Yeah, that's... I, I, love, I love stories where... Uh, where... They, like... 
like the the because you because you, you skipped past it uh or or at least you didn't skip past it but like you you said it uh in an undersell like the you know i went knocking door to door but you guys don't realize how hard it is to to be in the uae looking for a job especially 2006 like that's that's oh, i was uh I was uh, I was doing it any way I could. Like I networking, my my way of networking and handing out a business card back then was uh, I made I made mixtapes of like my production and my music or bands that I recorded, whatever, and kind of tried to like mix them together together, like I'm you know like a long DJ mix or something like that. Yeah, and. Um, I would spend the whole day at home just burning CD after CD after CD after CD after CD. And then I went to, um, uh, what was that club that was in the Medina? Started with a T. And somebody knows it in the comment. Old club that started with a T in the Medina. Let, it, let us know in the comments if you guys yeah. figured that one. Um, and uh, so I used to go there every night because it was the only place that I thought was like popping. Um, I'd go there like around two o'clock because I knew like people would start start leaving um, between two and three, and I would I would try to sneak these CDs in in my jacket or in my my pants or whatever, and I would just start handing them out to people on the dance floor who looked any who looked interesting, you know, would look like they would bump my shit in their car, you know, and on the back did, of did that, I, I had my details and stuff, and like that's how I met a lot of people. And, you know, people were like, oh, what, what are you? What are you doing? What is this? And I was like, oh, I'm a sound engineer. You know, I, I work I work with sound. I work with music and stuff. Like, yeah. And just start conversations that way. Um, yeah, there, there, guys are saying uh, there's T-Cyclone or Trader Vix. No, 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 no. This is way before that stuff. It's like right, the one that's right on the round, like, you know, when you come up into the Medina in the roundabout, the one that's like on the... The right oh, hand I, side. I know which one it is. It's got I don't, those I don't big know. doors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, well, did this did this compilation set list mix have a have a name? Did you like? Was it like Suarte's? The Suarte's Su- mix. Suarte's, Suarte's mix Su- number one. Suarte's summer six, summer mix two thousand six or something like that. I, don't know. <laughs> I was looking over here to see if I, if I have it here. Somewhere. That's that's really funny. Man, I uh, I can't imagine how many of the same kind of uh, experiences we've had. Crazy, huh? Uh, I had uh, a I, um, I had a very similar thing. We called it we called it hit it hard. Okay, I'm we listening to a, you by the way. No, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. I know. We we had a we had a, a mix when I was in high school uh, where my friend uh, would burn it on CDs. We'd do the same thing, except I didn't think uh, I don't think we were um, we would finesse the transition. It was just a a simple like crossfade this one fades out this one fades in okay and we called it hit it hard compilation and we'd uh, we'd give those out at uh, at school and um i don't remember how much we charged this is this is when i was in qatar and oh, wow. uh, man you've been around yeah dude this is this is a, a, the third culture kid uh, story right yeah. i was uh, grew up in australia i've i've lived in egypt i've lived in jordan I did high school in qatar I came uh, went to jordan for university came here to finish it off at sae and it's just uh, all those different experiences you pluck these little memories out of and kind of <laughs> become this weird uh, concoction of of completely different cultures and backgrounds and and accents and everything yeah yeah, um, it's, I think that's 
whatever accent I have, it's a, it's a whole mixture of all of that. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think I think it, it's a really cool way to um, to funnel it into whatever art you're producing. There's there's only one way uh, you could. There's only a very unique way that you've seen the world, and that you know comes out in, in your music, comes out in the lyrics, comes out in, in the stuff that you produce. That uh, that doesn't come around if like you know you've only grown up in one place and see the same kind of thing, which is. I think the the slight advantage we have uh, in the Middle East or in in this side of the world instead of the Western side, um, kind of uh, the the one advantage that we have is that everyone's such a clusterfuck of cultures and and uh, backgrounds and stuff that it, that it makes it super unique. Yeah, and, and I think that's why I think that's why we all get along. It's because we're all kind of alien here. You know, we're all. We're all different, and that's the that's what makes us similar to each other. Yeah, absolutely. There's this weird quote. Uh, my wife, my wife had it printed at uh, some point, and uh, correct me in the comments if if you guys know it, and I butcher this thing. But it was something along the lines of, um, you know, uh, too too alien for home and too foreign for for right here or something like that. Like you, yeah. Because like when she goes when she goes to uh, my my wife's from uh, Virginia. Her dad's American. Her mom's Jordanian. When she goes to to the states, they're like, "Where are you from, Canada?" Your accent's weird. When she goes to Jordan, they're like, "Oh, look at this this blonde lady, American lady." And she's like, "No, I'm a Arabi, I'm a Bahka Arabi." And they're like, "Nah, nah, you're faking it." And then when she goes to the states, when she comes here, they're like, "Where are you from?" And yeah. It's um. It's like you're never you're never. You're an alien no matter where you go. I got the same thing. Like, even though I was born and raised in Indonesia, my whole Indonesian family thinks I'm a foreigner, you know? Oh, then yeah. when I, and then when I go to Switzerland, where my dad's from, the whole family there is like, you're, no, you're Indonesian, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, I get the, the, uh, my uh, my Arab side of the family always speak to me in English, and I'm like, I speak Arabic. They're like, yeah. no, that's funny. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, actually on... Um, on the recipe album, uh, the song "Place to Rest" is is about that. It's about uh, what what is the meaning of home to a third culture kid? Like, what's home? You know, how do you define that, home? That's that is an amazing question. I'm gonna pass it off to everyone in the comments while uh, while we get through this. Um, how do you define home? What is home? <laughs> you know, the cliche home is where the heart is. Um, what it, what is it for you guys? Um, and let's uh, let's run through the comments a little bit here while while everyone answers. Uh, Wajiha is saying uh, I first checked out the link you sent Adnan for Uma Thurman and that was just brilliantly done the different rap styles and flows of the members with that music video is amazing then watch Trials and Tribulations and it was a contrast to the previous song but still great enjoyed them both sorry I didn't check out more stuff but I will after this from Wajiha watch uh, Death to get here <laughs> Yeah, the, the, we're gonna we're gonna play uh, play uh, a few clips here on on the show as well. So um, and uh, and everything we talk about, uh, whether we mention it uh, in passing or not, we uh, I put the links in the description at the end of the stream. So if you guys come back to to the stream in an hour after we finish or something, uh, you'll always find all the too alien for Earth, too human for outer space. That's hilarious. <laughs> and that's a good one. <laughs> uh, Judy says, "Blame it on the kid." Oh, uh, good now. All my all my silver hairs i'm blaming on my 17 year old judy that's the only way to do it uh honestly that's the, that's the only way i do it um joy is saying despite there being 11 years between my younger brother and me 
we like the same sort of music, always skipping off uh, to Ibiza, to the clubs. Oh, wow. damn. Yeah, um, I've never... I don't know if you can tell, Joy, but uh, I'm not a I'm not a Ibiza Ibiza kind of uh, club guy. Um, ben Monroe's in the house. Ben, thank you for tuning in. Drummer uh, for for the Crow Murder from the UAE from back in the day, and wow. uh, his what his name awesome is name. his Crow name Murder. is up here. Yeah. Uh, ben says I remember all that stuff too. Oasis Hard Rock and the little Irish pub next to uh, Hard Rock. Good times. Thanks for the memories. Uh, thank you for tuning in, Ben. And thank you for... for He's a patron. His name is uh, scrolling up there for supporting the show uh, all this time. Um, uh, Joy saying, yes, absolutely no comparison between Manchester and UAE. I'm not sure anyone would want to go back to Manchester after coming to UAE. Subway <laughs> maybe, but Manchester, no. Uh, Joy, yeah, Joy's actually, from the UK. When I flew out, I, I had to fly out from Liverpool. And I remember looking out the window when, when we had just taken off and i was like i am never coming back here ever again just in, instinct like you knew yeah. this is not the place I was like, right I'm never coming back here but i don't know but, now you know 14 years later maybe it's a different it's a different uh, perspective i think yeah, in, in general yeah, yeah. yeah of course uh rudy saying we all started working in places we don't want to work in uh, but this is what build up this is what builds up our character and self-esteem and this is what made us who we are be proud i i agree and i don't think um anyone was saying we're not um we're not proud of uh, the the way it started but i think the uh the the hurdles are kind of the the milestones in the journey mm-hmm. uh, i don't know what, what you think about that uh Luki, but for me when i look back and and uh, I, you know how they say remember the good times. I actually kind of try to try to actively remember the bad times too, because when you do that, the the lessons you've carried getting over that hurdle kind of resonate in today's world, and you can kind of apply it and be like, remember that time I fucked up? Yeah, I don't want to do that again. Yeah, and I think um, at least for me, it's it's a driving force in the sense that like it keeps me going, you know, like it keeps me grinding because if I gave up now then all of that all of those fuck ups would have been for nothing you know yeah. Yeah. all of those mistakes all of those sacrifices all, all of that stuff would have been for nothing so that's kind of what keeps me going when, when I think back on those times yeah absolutely um, just a few more comments in here I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, skip through a little bit guys uh, don't uh, don't don't give me some shit for that uh, Ahmed Munir is in the house what is up my brother he says uh Oh, that's the one that you read, Too Alien for Earth, Too Human for Out of Space. Yeah. Uh, and he also adds, I think Dubai is a home base for all third culture people. I, uh, I agree. And I think uh, I, I definitely found uh, my voice moving here. Yeah, same. I found my wife moving here. Yeah, I, I, I imported mine. Oh. <laughs> Um, Khaled saying home is where the shawarma is hopefully she doesn't watch yeah. this I, ju- I just I just realized she's gonna watch this I'm gonna get uh, I'm gonna get some some shit tomorrow morning uh, Gorgon's in the house what is up Gorgon thank you for tuning in um, Joy saying home is where the heart is very true All, I love my home here but I also feel my home is uh, Abu Dhabi uh, Khan is in the house Khan thank you for tuning in my dude he says greetings Adnan Swarty tribe um Judy says the place the place with the deepest connection in your life uh, home for me USA but my heart's always in the UAE deepest uh, connection of my life 
That's awesome, Judy. And uh, Shireen's in the house. What is up, Shireen? And uh, and Matsum's in the house. What is up, Matsum from from Metal East Records? You guys, uh, you heard a lot about him. Um, Khan Singh have worked with Suerte once, almost six or seven years ago, uh, for Macklemore. Several phone conversations. This is the closest I've ever come to meeting him in the flesh. Thanks, Adnan. <laughs> oh yeah, damn! We've never met Comic Con. That's crazy. That is pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, I never realized that. The amount of times we we spoken and stuff like that and uh, uh it never clicked in my head that we never met each other in the flesh that's not but yeah man we're just kind of meeting people at the club but like now i'm here i'm 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 gonna start making music for this uh kind of uh, for the city in the city how did how did that start was it immediately i know um i want to talk a little bit about the the recipe the the kind of movement the the culture that you guys uh, uh, the group that you guys uh, went off uh, at the very early eight, uh, early days, but how did you before the 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 recipe, the fourteen piece <laughs> recipe? How did you get into like I'm gonna start making music here? Um, so in Indonesia, you know, when you go into someone's house, you don't just walk in and pop your feet up on the table and act like it's yours or whatever. You know, like you're a guest, right? And you gotta be respectful. Um, and so I, I kind of carried that when I came came to the UAE. I didn't want to just start going around and, and being like, yo, I'm an artist, I'm a rapper, I do this or whatever. I mean, I was looking for work, and most of you know, the CDs and stuff that I was handing out was 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 to get work, was to network and, and try and get a job so that I could stay here. Um, but when it came to me being an artist and a musician, um, I didn't I didn't want to really swing myself around like that, you know. Um, I don't know. That sounds weird. Saying. Um, I thought you were going to say swing something else around. To be honest with you, but <laughs> it's good. Uh, <laughs> but then, uh, yeah. So then, um, uh, I became a fan. You know, I decided. You know what? Let me see what's going on in the music scene out, out here. So I became a fan, like of all the genres. I, I threw myself into everything, like the rock scene, metal scene, hip hop scene, the mic scene, the art scene. You know, um, the graffiti scene and stuff, because I started noticing these beautiful pieces everywhere. Um, and uh, yeah, so for like a year and a half, two years, I, I was just a fan. I was like, let me just be a fan and, and see who's, who, who's, who, who's doing what or whatever. And I got to know people. Um, and I got my hand on the ambulance CDs. That oh, yeah. you know, were, were being done by the people that were doing uh, rock, rock Nation or something? With Nickel. Rock. Uh, oh, Nikhil, yeah. I call him Nikhil. I don't know if it's Nickel or Nikhil. Nikhil, if you're here, uh, correct me. I yeah, saw so you. He, he was here earlier. Yeah, so he was doing the Rock Nation stuff, and, and I, at one of them, I got my hands on the Ambulance CD. Um, and I thought it was amazing. I was like, wow, like, you know, here here's this community of, of musicians, and they've shipped in to make this this product and and they're handing it out and they put this event together to to celebrate this this release i said why is no one doing this for the hip-hop scene you know because they got some pretty big djs who are pretty big figures in uae and you know they they have the power to to bring the community together and do this for them so i approached a few of them and and you know through this idea, I'm like, hey, why don't you guys 
I'll make this compilation CD and everyone just chips in a song. Same way, like, same idea as Amulet. It didn't really go anywhere. And uh, around that time, that's when I got to know Milton, private government, because he came and mm -hmm. he joined uh, UYTV. So we were hanging out every day. And he introduced me to Basel and, and uh, the fried community. And uh, one day, uh, him and Basel were going to Zara Soar's uh, radio show on a Saturday night on Dubai Eye that was showcasing, like, uh, you know, that spotlighted and showcases uh, uh, local musicians and stuff. So they were going there. And I was like, hey, can I come with you guys? And maybe we, could, maybe we can perform a song together. Uh, but I want to talk about this idea and I want to put this, I this idea that I have out there and, and call all the hip-hop heads in the UAE to come together and, and, you know, work on this compilation. We went on this show, um, I threw this idea out there and I was like, look, whether you're a rapper, beatboxer, R&B singer, producer, anything, anything to do with hip-hop, about making music, um, how about, you know, you, you hit me up on MySpace. Uh, <laughs> and, those, uh, those MySpace stuff hate guys. That's so it was. <laughs> hit me up on MySpace and, and let's connect and let's get this thing going. And then uh, I, I then met um, a producer rapper called Jabbar who had a, a studio in the back of his house. Um, and we were like, yo, let's, uh, let's do this here, you know? And, and he reached out to the people that he knew. I reached out to some people that I had met and stuff. And um, the summer of 2008, we spent every night from June till the end of July, maybe even going into uh, August and stuff. Um, every night we were in that studio and everyone just came. And that's when everyone got to, got to know each other. Because back then, like every, the hip hop community was very, very, it was not a community. Everyone was just doing their own thing. You know, and the way that hip-hop is, and it's very, very competitive and stuff. Like, no one wanted to work with each other because they thought they were the best. And, like, they thought they were better than that person or whatever. But this this studio is where everyone just came to hang out. We had, like, alcohol and everyone just... In the beginning, it wasn't really just about making music. It was just getting to know each other. And it was like, oh, damn, you, you like that group too? And eventually, like, you know, some producer would start playing beats on... on through the system and then somebody would just get up and be like yo i got something for this and they went into the studio and laid something down and then someone else would be like oh i like you know i got something that can go right after that we spent the whole summer just just hanging out and making music and then um one night we spent the whole night trying to think of a name of what we were going to do with this compilation and we came up with uh silly name called the recipe volume one because we were all the ingredients um <laughs> i love that you added that i, I love that you, the pause between the word the recipe and because we were all the ingredients yeah it's just perfect timing there it's uh that's that's how the name came to be after <laughs> like three hours of just sitting there going what about this uh uh uh, and then finally, was like, guys, it's fucking, you know, let's, it's the recipe, all right? Because we're we're the ingredients. We've gotten together. We're all chefs in the studio, cooking up beats. Like it's called the recipe, volume one. <laughs> so then, See, I, I, I've said this a million times on the show, and uh, 
I know you guys you guys have uh, have heard a hundred times at least in the last 30 episodes I always say then every single name when you put it at it's just like face value as a name uh, for any artist or any band or, or anything that comes together sounds ridiculous at first yeah. but then then when you p- apply it to the uh, to the music and the music makes the name uh, very very cool and gives it that weight it gives it like texture it makes it uh, kind of uh, uh, it, it gives it the character that, that it, it's supposed to have for all the artists so like when I think of the recipe if you just told me name your band the recipe I would have been like that doesn't make any sense even if you said the ingredients I'll be like nah, how are you even going to look for that online you know what I mean like that that's the first thing that would uh, pop in my head but because uh, because of the recipe like there's no other way I could I could hear that name anymore yeah it's it's and it's such a common saying in the household and when people are talking you know they're like oh like how did you make that oh you gotta pass me the recipe for that or whatever like yeah. no, no one can say it anymore without like something triggering in my brain you know and I'm like well I'm right here you know <laughs> <laughs> you need the recipe I'm right you're like you know it's just uh, let's jump in, in into the comments real quick before we keep uh, keep going because Ben Monroe has asked a bunch of times and we've ignored him. I'm sorry, Ben. I'm so sorry. He sorry, says, uh, uh, "Is the club starting with T? Was it the garage?" No, it wasn't called the garage. <sighs> try not try that. Uh, Gorgon should know this. Gorgon, if you're still in the house, the club that's in uh, Medina Jumeirah, just off the roundabout, right as you enter. Uh, that what one. Was what that? is it called? It's it started with a T or still starts with a T. Gorgon should know, but uh, Gorgon also says home is where you go when you have nowhere else to go. Eliam <laughs> uh, Sawad is in the house. Thank you for tuning in, Eliam. He says, uh, "Yo, Luki, you look Asian, bro, <laughs> and you look sexy, bro." Amatsam <laughs> um, is in the house. He dropped the uh, Virgin Megastore link to fun- funerals and purgatory. Yeah, there's a there's a buy one get one on on vinyl records at Virgin Megastores right now, and uh, the last of our uh, records, like actually on vinyl, are are there at Virgin Megastores. So that would be a great time for you to pick up your either our record and another artist or another artist and then get ours for free. Do it. Our Do it. Are there as well, and our T-shirts are there as well support your independent artists yes, guys uh, so if you're in the uae it, does it ship internationally um Matsu, let me know if it ships internationally I there's, think so. there's a sample of the hat recipe i i got i had the hat and i had the three, t-shirt rock three coffins green rolls of purgatory yeah. that was a that that hat is amazing um i rocked one for for like a good year and a half they're good hats, huh? They're actually really, really they, nice. They, they, they stuck around. And I, I wear hats constantly, so that one stuck around for a while. Uh, Hansing uh, Zahra Soar is a legend. Yeah, she's, she is such a legend, man. She was amazing. She was actually our PR agent for a while uh, for the recipe. So she, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have, uh, we wouldn't be around if it wasn't for her, really help us uh take take off i wanna i wanna get into uh into that kind of side uh, of stuff i know you love this shirt man isn't it such a comfortable shirt it's such the material of our t-shirts are so nice i'm so it proud is. I'm so it proud. really really is it absolutely is 
Um, I, I also wore that T-shirt for a very long time. Um, half my Instagram uh, photos were just in that T-shirt. It's, it's really nice seeing you guys rock our stuff. Uh, Fatima's in the house. She says it must be dinner time because the full course meal is here with some googly eyes in the comments. Um, ben Monroe saying, Zahra, the blast from the past. She hosted the Crow Murder for an acoustic set live on air and bought my car a few months later. Man, she did so much. Absolute sweetheart. I was once hospitalized and she popped in and gifted me an iPod with my favorite tunes during my stay from Khan. Yeah, that sounds like uh, that sounds like someone um, I need to have on the show because uh, I actually don't know. I came way after that, uh, or a little bit after that uh, that era with Zahra and uh, and the um, you know the, the 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 radio play where the local bands were were there. Um, yeah, so, she's not but, here. She's like, in, she's like in BC or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll, well, guys, tag her in the comments. Get her in here. Let's have the conversation with her if you guys know her. But um, uh, yeah. So uh, what was I saying? Where was I? Yeah, the 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 recipe. Um, yeah. Let's get into that. You guys, uh, that uh, studio. You guys were spending the the summer there. Um, the compilation came out. You guys rocked a show. From, yeah. uh, from my understanding, you guys played so, like a full on show, right? Yeah. So basically, while while the um, while the album was being mixed by Milton, uh, I got a call from Nickel, and he goes, um, "Hey, I wanted." I run these Rock Nation nights, and I want to do the same thing with hip hop. I want like hip hop acts to play once a month. And somebody told me that you're in contact with all the hip hop artists in the UAE, so you know, can you link me up with artists? And I was like, you know, you've called me in a really interesting time. How about we go off with a bang for the first show? Because I've got this compilation album. And how about we make the first show like not a launch, but sort of like an introduction thing, like a pre-launch to introduce the project to everyone, right? And I was like, why don't we get everyone to perform? Like all the artists in the UAE that was that's part of this compilation that's active in the UAE right now, we get everyone to perform. And he was like, okay, yeah, cool. And so we we build it and and promoted it as the first time UAE hip-hop artists headlined their own show in UAE. Because yeah. prior to that, you, you had to open for someone to perform, right? So this was the crazy. first, first headline. Yeah. It's crazy to think that that was happening in the hip-hop world, but the, the rock scene was already doing its own thing. Yeah, it's. It, I think I honestly think it's just because of the nature of, of hip hop, this competitive nature and the egos and stuff like that. Which, which is great. It drives people to to be better at their craft. But I don't think I, I don't think in the UAE there was besides for the the b boys. The b boy community is, is completely different. They they were amazing. But when it comes to the music side of things, MCs and rappers and stuff, uh, egos tend to get in the way. Um, but we got passed up, you know. Um, so yeah, we did this show with Nickel. It was jam-packed. We did it at Touch at Four Point Sheraton, which uh, I still think is one of the most amazing venues in 
UAE. So we really need to do more shows there. What that's a, let's do it, man. Get the tuck the four point Sheraton and see if it's still awesome there. Oh, um, by the way, speaking of uh, of uh, clubs and spaces, trilogy. Trilogy. That's it. Yeah, Who said we just, trilogy? Uh, so Ben and uh, Gorgon uh, both said at the same time. That, yeah, trilogy. That was the one. Trilogy. There you go. Good job. You get a you get a you get a free hat. Uh, and <laughs> also, uh, also, uh, this is a bit of a tangent, but um, uh, Roxanne wants to know what the story was with Macklemore. Macklemore. Um. You, so I, we get a call from uh, from Khan. Khan gave us a call, and he was wait, like, wait, "Hey, is this is this recipe three piece?" Yeah, this is when we were forty. Just the three of us. Then, then let's let's weave it into the story as we go along. Is that cool? Because yeah, we just get get the uh, the smooth storyline kind of going. Um, yeah. Let, uh, so, so the not album launch album uh, welcome party kind of compilation introduction party happened. Yeah. Um, what was what was the what was the reaction from that? It was crazy. Nickel came out that, like we we spent the whole day setting up. We were there from eleven o'clock in the morning. And this has kind of become like a a routine every time we sort of do these uh, these events where we we're somehow involved in the setup of it. So we were there from eleven o'clock in the morning, trying to move the DJ set from back where it was so that it could be on stage with us. But we needed to find cables long enough that could then lead it back to the mixer that was in the back. Yeah. Um, so we spent the whole day trying to sort this thing out and then by 6 37 o'clock it was ready we had done sound checks with everyone mind you there was like that night i think there was uh nine or ten of us that were performing um the stage was just so we had the dj right in the middle of the stage you know the crowd was right in front it was only like that high off the ground Right? It was a tight, wasn't a big stage or anything. Like you were right in front of people, but along the side of the stage, we just had big maroon couches, and <laughs> there was no backstage. So if you weren't performing, you were just hanging out on the couch on the stage, you know, like Wu Tang in it or something, <laughs> um, you know, or just hyping with whoever was performing. And um, so yeah, like six thirty, seven o'clock, we're we're going know getting ready to go home and we start noticing that there's some people getting out of the taxis who look dressed up and they're all like dressed up all hip-hop like right we're like are they here for us like it's only 6 37 o'clock like doors don't open until nine. we're like oh, no. maybe they're just staying here so we go home we all decide that we were going to come back around 11 11 30 we get back at 11, 11 30 and we go up and the queue was like up the stairs, down the hall, all the way to this club. And I remember walking to the front, like, just like, what the hell is going on? What is this? And, um, Nickel, like, as we arrive at the door of the club, Nickel comes out and he just looks at me and he's like, what the fuck have you done? Like, <laughs> It's never been this packed before. And I was like, why, how packed is it in there? 
And he's like, we can't let any more people in. Like it was packed from front to back, bodies. And we were just like, oh shit. So we snuck in, like we, we squeeze in and sure enough, like the door wouldn't open anymore. It was jam packed full of people. Um, and it was amazing, man. Like we had people that flew in from Bahrain and, and all these places just, just to watch this, this first time headlining hip hop act thing where 10 local artists would perform together. And the way that we did it was, so I would perform two songs and then my third song would be a collaboration song with somebody that would perform next. Right. Oh, like you have that cross, cross, yeah. uh, fade so I would be performing with them and then they would do their two songs. And then their third song would be a, a collaboration with whoever went on next. And we did that. We put on a two hour show, just nonstop. That's it was amazing. Fun. It was a lot of fun. That, that is truly amazing. Do you remember seeing anyone there that is now a big part of the, 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 you know, the rap scene, the, the hip hop scene at all? Yeah, Fred Reck was there. Um, DJ Outlaw was there from Bahrain. Just, just for the people that uh, that might not know, Fred Reck is a huge, or at least I don't know if he was at that time. I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah, he, he was producer. Producer. Music for, for, like, he, he's part of Dr. Dre's uh, production team. He produced uh, one or two tracks on on the latest Eminem album. Like he's he's worked on a lot of stuff. He produced a, uh, something that was on. Um, uh, the Compton album and stuff like so he's like he lives in LA he's part of that whole Dr. Dre crew you know so he was there because he, I think he was around to film Hip Hopna for M- MTV oh yeah I remember that damn he came by he was at the show Reiner was there uh, Freak was there mm-hmm. uh, Freak was Freak was only like 18 or 17 years old so he snuck into the club to watch um and f- also for those uh, for those that don't know, Freak is a uh, Abu Dhabi based uh, rapper who uh, who does uh, he 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 raps or sings. I don't know if it, it constitutes as singing or rapping, but he performs in Arabic. Um, uh, and uh, and actually, uh, he's he's our next guest. He's on Wednesday, so very very cool segue there. But um, so what what changed it from the recipe the collective? to a recipe of the three-piece band. When did that change happen? That kind of happened throughout the years. So after that event, we suddenly realized that like, we didn't need, we were a label. We just suddenly, we just, you know, after that event, we, we went back to the studio and we sat there to kind of just like celebrate this amazing performance that we had just done. And we just looked around the room and we were just like, hey man, like, Everything we need to be a record label, an independent label, is sitting in this room right now. I'm a sound engineer. Like, we have a video guy. Like, we have a graphic designer. You know, we have someone that's working in marketing. We just we decided to hire Zara as a PR uh, lady who helped us get in contact with, like, all the magazines and the radio stations and stuff like that. She also, funny enough, um, summer 2009 uh, organized us to do a, a, a hip hop summer camp at one of the British schools here, uh, which you can actually watch on YouTube. Dubai One did like a little thing about it. Um, 
Yeah, so we we acted as like a record label, and we decided we would focus on just from helping each other promote our solo projects and keep doing group projects together. You know,、um, and throw our own events, throw our own launch events and stuff. Start shooting our own music videos and putting those out.、Um, you know, there was no. There was no streaming platforms or anything then, but there was but there was SoundClick initially, and then there was、mm-hmm. SoundCloud.、Um, and、uh, like I think we were one of the first people to start spamming on Facebook messages. Like whenever we had releases, we would just spam people with stuff.、Um, every when people got Blackberries, we made QR code stickers and stuck them absolutely. I mean. Other people stuck them absolutely everywhere. There、Definitely. was no vandalism. No, no vandalism. And also, Google、uh, translates all these、uh, all these videos on on the fly. So, just if you're listening, guys. <laughs> yeah.、Um, so that you know, whenever people saw these QR codes and they scanned them on with their Blackberries, it took them to our website, our music, and stuff.、Um, and then over the years, like from fourteen artists or however many, it just you know. People moved on. They decided to have families. They left the country. Some went to jail and got, you know, deported. Some,、uh, unfortunately, some of them passed away. Until finally, it was just me, Kaz, B Storm, our DJ Flash B at the time, and、uh, our beatboxer Hirabeat, and.、Um, Yeah, so it was just the the five of us doing mixtapes and doing shows together.、Uh, we did that for a good two years, from 2010 to 2011. And but from 2009 to 2011, we made a promise that we wouldn't say no to anything, whether it was paid or not. We wouldn't say no to anything. So we we did shows at the most randomest places. You know, we did shows in front of ten thousand people on Yas Island. There's some silly. We played at Hata Fort Hotel to like a group of, you know, I don't know. It was like an office thing or something that invited us out there to show out there. You know, I I,、um, I always say、uh, one of my favorite shows、uh, I've I've ever played was in a basement to two drunk guys and a dog. Yeah. In Amman,、uh, Jordan, and you learn a lot about yourself. It's、oh, e- it's oddly easier to perform to a lot of people because then you just it's a it's a massive thing you、yeah. have to perform to, and you kind of lump that in to,、uh, as as the entity that you're performing to. But when you look a dude in the eye as you're performing, and he looks away, <laughs> there's there's nothing like that. Yeah.、Um, so yeah, by the end of 2011, we were just burnt out. So we said.、Uh, Let's take a bit of a break. So we took a break from 2011 to 2014. We kind of stopped being a record label. We stopped working on group music.、Mm-hmm. I had, you know, because I, I, my role in the recipe is sort of like manager, everything besides being an artist, like you know, manager, sound engineer, producer.、Uh, Director, executive, produced everything. I played many. I had many hats in the recipe. I still do wear many hats, but、uh, you know, I gave so much of my energy to everyone else's solo stuff that in 2011, when we decided to take a, a break, 
I could finally step back and focus on on my music. Um, so that's between 2011 and 2014. That's when I started releasing my own solo mixtapes and stuff. And I I got to travel back home to Indonesia and uh, uh, do some shows out there and connect with artists back back there again. And then um, 2014, we get a phone call from Charles Chaka. Shout out Charles Chaka for Infusion Magazine. And they were doing an anniversary party at uh, Nassim Beach. Mm-hmm. And they were flying out Cypress Hill, Africa Bombada. Um, I forgot who else. Like a, a whole line An- of Anniversary people. for the magazine itself? Yeah, so he he, he saw all these people and then he was like, "Yo, um, I'd love to have the recipe, you know, because this this is a very important anniversary for us, and we it wouldn't feel right without you guys, you know." And, and we had such a special connection with Infusion because they were at every event, you know, uh, covering it with with their photographers and stuff. Shout out to Angela. Um, she was always uh, on our shows taking photos so we had a very special connection so yeah like when Charles asked like we couldn't say no you know we were like man of course and so we I talked to the guys it was a big stage on the beach so we decided we would try and do it a little bit differently and we we were like let's do this with a band instead of a DJ yeah that's why I linked with GDE um, who then were called Goddamn Electric um and we uh we did this show with them and uh that's kind of how i got introduced to to those guys and eventually became a part of a part of their band let's uh let's uh i i want to dig deeper into that stuff uh, because i think uh the the crossover between the recipe and the gde is one of my most favorite kind of things about the scene because these Two of my favorite bands, two of my favorite acts from from the Middle East uh, involve you, so I, I still want to uh, pick your brain about that stuff. Um, but we've we've uh, we've let the chat go astray for a while. Um, I'm just gonna run through them. Khan saying ego isn't a hip hop thing; it's an artist thing. Uh, from from uh, a while ago when we were talking about the uh, the competitive nature of that. Um, Rudy saying nice mug, Swerte. Did I, I smug? Nice mug. Mug. Were you drinking, or or were or, or did you mean his mug when I pulled up the uh, the album cover? Uh, let us know, Rudy. Yeah, I just like yeah. I look like a shiny ball. Shiny <laughs> head. Uh, Ahmed Munir is saying, I remember meeting Luki and the recipe for the first time during Soul DXB. Their energy was amazing on stage and off stage. Uh, and then I met Luki again when they played with Zvengali, and then he joined for Desert Experiment. Uh, honestly, one of the most creative people that I met here in, du- in Dubai's music scene. Yeah, that means a lot, man. That's so awesome. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Whatever, whatever. Those few times you met me, that's that's what you got out of it. That's really cool. That is actually and. Uh, uh, Ahmed Munir's uh, massive supporter. Um, I feel of. Ah, yeah, this is my Indonesian mug. Oh, that's that's what you were talking about. Mug. These are two Javanese. Uh, I guess that's a husband and his wife from the island of Java. 
That's I thought I I, I was thinking what kind of mug like you know your yeah, mug, mug shot, yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, what they are saying? A outlaw. And, yeah, outlaw, uh, outlaw, outlaw fun. What they're doing out there in Bahrain is absolutely amazing. Uh, are those the guys that did um, Liberace and Daffy? They did yes. Ila and them. Yeah. yeah. Man, to that, me, to me, the they're like. The second I hear it, it's instantly stuck in my head for days. I, I could, they're kind of like the Middle Eastern Ice Cube. They've got that like Friday Ice Cube vibe. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I could totally imagine them doing like a, a movie like that. You know? Do Do you think it's the sprinkle of comedy that gives it that that edge? Yeah, like they. I don't know. They. I think they were the first ones to kind of get it right in the region and and not make it so cheesy. You know, there was a time where there was there was a lot of cheesy Arabic hip hop. Uh, a rap music coming out and I think people couldn't take it very seriously and I don't know that whole Outlaws production team just did something and made it cool and made it fun you know and made it very very approachable and like they're killing it at weddings man like these guys get it like my wife played like five songs of theirs at our wedding you know yeah. um, they're, they're absolutely killing it um And I think Freak is that next evolution where he's just made it really like dope. There's no other way to say it. He just made yeah. it dope. Yeah, um, he 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 brought a lot of um, uh, a lot of uh, like attitude and uh, and f- fashion in a weird way. Like he made it he made it fashionable. Cool, man. It's a cool dude. Yeah. Um, uh, Joy saying a hip hop summer camp uh, that sounds fabulous. She's also saying. Uh, so what did you learn about yourself, Adnan, performing to two drunk guys and a dog? Did you learn uh, that you walked into the wrong bar or basement? Um, I, I learned that, uh, that the, the, first of all, uh, performance is entirely crowd-based. The energy is, is definitely a vibe you get from the crowd. And this was very, very early on where I thought, you know, you could just perform uh, as hard as you can everywhere. And uh, I, I realized then that I was like... This is for me. It's it's all about the the interaction uh, and less in a weird way about the music. Um, but that that was definitely that clicked that day. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't I don't I don't think uh, I don't think I I'd mind now now that I've been through the ringer a bit. I don't I don't think I'd, I'd mind performing to do drunk guys and dog. Might be uh, might be fun. Um, Dahi's in the house. He says, I did your sound in Abu Dhabi at the Black Street Drew Hill show, and it was sick. You guys were awesome. Man, that was such a fun show. That was such a fun show. It was scary. That was probably one of the one of the times where we felt we had to prove something to ourselves. Right? Because that Black Street and Drew Hill concert, that was in Abu Dhabi, and that was specifically made for the American community um, that's in Abu Dhabi. So as soon as they let the crowd in, like the American, I don't know, concert culture is a little bit different to what I'm used to. So as soon as they came in, they like set up like a picnic. They had like chairs and stuff on the ground and they were just sitting and they were eating and it was like a picnic concert and i had never seen this before and i was just like okay i guess this is what they do in america 
you know? And they were there to see Blackstreet and Drew Hill. Like, this, like these are people from the birthplace of hip hop. Like these people yeah. know their hip hop. You know, I've never been to the States, you know? Like, I'm just taking this culture from what I've seen on the internet and through music and stuff like that, you know? So we were like, damn, we're gonna go in front of these people and they're gonna be judging us. You know they're gonna be they're gonna be like, who are these? You know, who are these people to come and perform rap in front of us? You know, and, and like yeah, so we, we knew that we were, you know, they, they were gonna judge us as soon as we stepped up on that stage. Um but you know, we, we've been doing this for a while and, and we were just like, look, let's just make sure that everyone has a fun time. Yeah, that's what they came here for. They came to have a good time. So we built our set in a way where it wasn't just song after song after song after song, but it was more like songs moving into each other and mashed with like club records. And because it was an older crowd, we, we put in a lot of like 90s hip hop songs in there as well that they could they could sing along to and stuff that would then go into one of our own songs but yeah. we would we would make sure that we wouldn't play the full song you know so yeah like yeah and it ended up being really really we had so much fun on stage everyone was ended up dancing and having so much fun and singing along and yeah it was really cool did you guys ever go through um or did you personally ever go through uh any kind of like imposter syndrome you were talking about like you're you're performing to people who's who who are from the birthplace of rap and hip-hop um and uh, you're thinking like who am i or who are we to kind of perform to these guys did you ever go through like that imposter syndrome of like do i even belong in this genre or any anything of that nature at all ah uh, yeah i i think i'll always be a student you know to anything, forget hip hop. To anything, like I'm, uh, I don't know it all. I'm always learning. You know what I mean. And so every day, I I question myself. Like, do I? Should I be doing this? Should I keep going? You know, should I keep doing music, or should I just, you know, just pack it all up and keep doing, just do my day job? You know, just be a sound engineer for Dubai TV. You know, be a lot stressful. I mean, less stressful. Be a lot less stressful. Go to work, do your do your nine to five, and come home and watch TV and game, and not have to think about mixing songs and making content for releases and stuff. Yeah, I feel, yeah. I, I think about whether I belong or not every day. There, there's something there's something weird that clicks in uh, a lot of people. It, it, this is this is part of the reason I made the show. Is that like, what is it? What is it that? Um, makes us do that 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 go that extra mile there's a lot of people that can sing but they they're not out there uh putting out their not only putting out their music or trying to promote them and then performing it and also teaching others how to do it you know what i mean like the spectrum of of what you do uh is looks insane to the to the people outside of the scene and um even the people that are in the scene there's there's a lot of uh a lot of like extra steps you take uh, to to kind of help build it, and um, I don't know what it is about about uh, like for, for example when, uh, back in like 2007 uh, or eight I, in Jordan I had started this podcast called Camelhead Podcast, and I know you guys were doing uh, something very similar over here with a recipe, just 
even even if like we were saying two drunk guys and a dog were listening um that that content was still churning you were still trying and doing all of that stuff and it, it kind of circles back to the grind culture that we were talking about that you have this like i'm gonna i'm gonna knock on every door and get through it um yeah. which i think is very very cool like seeing i know it's a very uh it's it's uh optimistic to think that uh, we uh we uh narrowed it down in an hour and a half but uh, it's very cool to see like the overall spectrum of the journey i love i love uh, seeing how things come together yeah i think one of the biggest um incentives we had was if people said it's not possible over here we were like yes it is <laughs> we're gonna make it possible we're gonna do it we're gonna try and you know we failed a lot of times we failed a lot of times there was a time in the city where we were the most hated and people literally told us like we cannot work with you because then we would lose we would lose business if we weren't with you wow uh, yeah so uh uh we had a lot of failures uh, uh at hard times because we just we tried you know we don't work with certain big entertainment companies that do shows in yas island anymore because uh because we uh <laughs> uh, sorry i'm just i threw up uh the uh soul dxb kind of uh highlight reel uh that you guys have on online so the guys uh, everyone in the comments can kind of get a get a glimpse into the recipe uh, the recipe's energy live yeah this was a special year um this was freak's first uh first time performing at soul dxb on a stage this big and unfortunately because of the rain his uh his set got cut short and because he's been such i mean he's like our younger brother man we love that dude he's family we decided that we would give up uh some of our time from our set and we invited him on stage to to finish you know or at least do a couple of his songs from from his sets couldn't yeah there you can see it now um he couldn't com complete his full set and we had fun man a lot of fun yeah i think um the the energy on stage is uh something that's uh, we, did, we did a mannequin challenge at soul dxb one year as well we got the whole uh, crowd the spree i have i have that one lined up as well but for some reason for some reason it's not um it's not coming through i mean uh, i'm gonna try and stick it on another scene but um while I do that, uh, I'm going to power through these uh, these comments. Um, where are the questions? Okay, here we go. I'm going to ask you two questions. And while you answer that, I'll uh, I'll figure out the uh, the mannequin challenge. Hannah's saying, was Desert Heat cheesy? That's question one. And question two is from Modia Luki. What's your favorite, playing with a band or a backing track? Khan, I don't want beef. I want Mendy. All right, that's, Hope that's that my answer. That. <laughs> okay, I want beef. I want Mendy. Um, what was the other question? The other question oh, was uh, backing uh, track versus band. Backing track, man, it's different. Um, it is really different. If it's a backing track, only with the recipe guys. Okay, because. The way that we do our shows, it 
we were like, we don't want to do karaoke on stage, right? We, we don't want to just hit play and do a song and do a karaoke on stage and then song stops and then hit play again on the next song. Like we didn't want that. Like we, we try to make sure that our DJs are turntablists and we want to show people, we want to showcase hip hop. We want to showcase the culture of hip hop. That's all we had. A, we had a, a beatboxer with us on stage um, for for those for 2009, 2010, because there were certain like we we do sets, right? We, we don't just do song, song, song. We we always try to mash up a bunch of songs together and work with the turntable. It's to to do routines, you know, on on stage. Um, <laughs> I think Khan got what I was saying. Um, so one of the things that we did with the beatboxer was, so in the verse, we would rap on top of the beatboxer. Like he would start beatboxing on stage and we would rap on top of him. Halfway through the verse, for the, for the next 18 bars of the 16, our DJ would start cutting. Right? While we're rapping with the beatboxer. And then when the chorus came in, he would cut the, he would drop the actual beat from the chorus, for the chorus. And we would do the chorus on top of the actual beat. And then next verse, boom, he stops back to the beatboxer. And then again, after eight bars, he'd start cutting in again uh, on top of the beatboxing while we were rapping. So like, if it's a backing track with a DJ, only with the recipe. And it is fun. It is so much fun being on stage with my two brothers and our DJ. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's adding another instrument, right? So it's not yeah, just, he's like just pressing he's, play. He's not pressing play. And that's why it's very important for us that whenever we play, like they're like, oh, but we thought the recipe is only you three. And we were like, yo, like we need our DJ. Like you're calling us for a reason for a show. And trust us, we need that DJ on stage with us, right? But with a band, man, playing with a band, GDE, I love those guys, man. Every, I miss playing with them. Like, it's like, it's like being on a rocket, you know, where everyone is at their station. It's like you're. It's like being on the Starship Enterprise. Everyone's at their station, and we're about to go on a warp speed. And like, we've all got to work together to make sure that we get out of this wormhole safely, you know. And shit may happen, but no one out there knows. We know we gotta gotta kind of work through it, and it's just this energy, this force of energy, just flying through space. That's that's how I explain it, and it's just nothing beats it, you know. Like yeah, so it's uh, I love both. I love both experiences, you know. Yeah, there's GDE. This is my this is GDE. Uh, yeah, I, I threw it up while you were talking about it, and uh, as you were saying the word energy. The, the the count kicked in and it was it was perfect. You should watch that back. <laughs> We're done with this. It was amazing. I'm uh, I'm very proud of myself right now for, for throwing that up. <laughs> um, we got we got a couple of more questions before uh, before we uh, we dig into stuff. Uh, Misha, my, my, Michael Asmar, thank you for tuning in, my brother. He's saying, is old school rap better or am I just old? Um, I think. I think it doesn't. I think hip hop will always be in the hands of the youth. Yeah, it was born from youth culture, right? And I think the youth will always forefront it. You know, they'll. It's up to them. 
it's really up to the youth, you know? And I have no issue with it. Like, I can appreciate some of the new stuff, you know? I may not, I may not blast it out in my car on, my, on the way to work, but I respect it, you know? Like, people older than me didn't like the music I was listening to when I was young, you know? And I don't think you're supposed to. I don't think as an older person, you're meant to like to really like the new stuff that's coming out because there's still so much stuff from our time that I haven't listened to that I'm still discovering yeah. and it speaks to me because it's from my time you know and yeah so does you you from your your uh, you have your foot in both worlds does uh, does the rap world have uh, like uh, genre elitists like like metal does uh what do you mean You know how, like, you know, true metal, the true cult metal head would be like, oh, that's not metal. It has uh, has clean singing, or it has a rap verse, or the the what constitutes as true metal for for a lot of these metal elitists. Um, it's kind of has has become such a such a, a stereotype. It almost became kind of a meme at at uh, at this point. Do you guys have anything like that? Like true rap is supposed to be, uh, you know, 16 bars or uh, something that uh, yeah. only only those guys would uh, would fight for. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, we call them backpackers. Okay. Like if it's not backpack boom bap rap, you know, if it's not sample based, made on a sampler or drum machine. And it's not real hip hop, you know. If it doesn't have that, like it's not hip hop. But um, I mean, hip hop's always evolved, man. Like you know, it's always evolved, and I think that's that's the beauty of it. It's uh, it's you know, not not just the music. The whole culture of hip hop was this is a evolving culture. Um, so why why limit it? You know what I mean? Like, if it if it doesn't speak to you, so what? You know, Just listen to what speaks to you. Just do what what speaks to you. You know what I mean? Like, no one's I, forcing you to like this stuff. You know. Uh, I always, I always uh, backtrack, and uh, I have that same mentality. Going like, if if you don't like it, just don't listen to it. You don't have to. But uh, I backtrack, and I always think I really appreciate someone taking ownership. Uh, of of a piece of art like even if i d- agree or disagree the idea that someone can go like you know what the the recipe's last single uh was worse than their first album or their first album was better than this or the idea that someone uh, takes ownership of 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 a piece of art um uh just speaks volumes to how much it, it emotionally uh, like impacted them Um, including, including the elitists, like saying you you can't you can't sing on a metal song. Um, that me that to me only means that Cannibal Corpse <laughs> probably really influenced them and impacted their lives in such a way where they want to preserve that you know positive feeling towards the genre that that uh, pushed them through life. And in a weird way, I'm actually appreciative of of the elitists because th- they're they're probably the ones getting the most out of the genre out of the music or whichever way it is well i I don't know if people find this interesting but i'll tell it anyway we when we after we did the infusion magazine concert we decided to start making music again like it, it ignited the fire again playing on that stage right so we were like yo i miss this i miss you guys let's make music again and we're like you know what we're not getting any younger 
like let's uh, let's put something commercial out. You know, let's start working on something commercial and put it out. So we then made a plan to. We knew that eventually we we wanted to sound modern. We wanted to bring in a lot of the modern sounds to the recipe, but we knew. Or we felt like it wouldn't be right to come out and do that straight away because people knew us for being old school hip hop, right? So we made a plan. We were like, you know what? We're going to gradually become modern. And if you look at our releases from 2014 to our album, you'll see that it gradually gets more modern and modern and modern and modern. And funerals and purgatory is kind of like that middle section. One of the reasons why it's called purgatory is because it's it's that middle ground, right? We've got one foot in the past and we got one foot in the future, and so there's a lot of old school and new school sounds in funerals and purgatory.、Um, and now we're recording new material, which、uh, should be releasing second half of this year, which is about as modern as as we've ever sounded, you know. And and we're we're doing. Something that I think a lot of people didn't think we would ever do, and was using quite a lot of attitude in our new stuff,、um, but experimenting a lot and finding a way where we're comfortable using this attitude, you know, as、like、a、that. as a tool instead of as a as an effect. As, a,、yeah. as an effect, like it's not a correction thing. We're using it to, as an effect, you know,、uh, but but doing it in a way that we're comfortable with, that does you know, that doesn't stray too far from from what we actually are about. Um, and I think, I think,、uh, I mean, I'm excited. I love it. Like, I, I listen to what we're doing now. I'm just like, man, like finally we're here. Like you know, 2014, like six years later, we're here at what we planned on doing. You know, like we're at this point of the journey. So it's exciting. That's very cool. I'm super excited to hear the new stuff.、Um, I'm just playing uh, uh, the the video for Uma Thurman in the background here, so the guys. And also get a glimpse into into the the music video、uh, stuff that you you guys produce. This this is like amazing、uh, international grade kind of、uh, music video stuff. You guys, and this is this is one thing I, I truly appreciate about、um, the recipe and GDE and、uh, and a lot of the projects that you've been involved with, is that there isn't there isn't this approach to like let's just kind of do a demo version of it. Let's not get it good enough. Let's get it like the best. Um, and、uh, is is this through the idea of of the collective that you guys had the the group of people that would contribute、uh, different things or did somewhere along the road you just say you know what if we can't do it let's outsource it to the best? I, actually, this was this was part of the whole like people thinking that you weren't able you know you're not able to produce this quality music video unless you're. Signed to a major label or something like that, you know. It was like, no, we can do, we can do, you know, good-looking, high-quality music videos as an independent artist over here in the UAE, and it'll be just as good. You know,、yeah. we were one of the first in the region to do a 360 music video,、uh, which is why I asked、uh, who was it before to watch、uh, Death to Get Here because that's the 360 music video.、Um, And no one, this is no one knew what 360 technology was. They didn't know. So I was when we released the, mu- the music video. A lot of people were, were、um, sending me messages and saying, "This is really interesting. It's just a circle with feet."、Um, 
Like, I don't see you guys. Like, what's the whole concept of this? They and didn't tilt like, up? And then I was like, hold it like you're about to take a picture. Yeah. And they were like, what? And I was like, play the video again. But instead of holding, watching it like this, hold it up like you're taking a picture. And then I would wait a few seconds, and then I would get a message back going, what the fuck? <laughs> be like, there you go. Now you're watching it properly. Uh, uh, we're, we're getting a few uh, why Uma Thurman and uh, questions in, in the in the comments. Why Uma Thurman? Because um, we're trying to wake these bitches up. <laughs> They've been, everyone's been sleeping too long. We're we're here now. We're here to party, so we're, we're trying to wake them up like like in Pulp Fiction when she gets that injection in her in her heart and she <laughs> she wakes up. You know. Um, that's what the song is about. We we open with that song. Like a lot of our shows, we we get up, we open up with that song. Because when that beat hits, uh, when Kaz is rapping, um, yeah, it just it just it sets the tone for the for the rest of the show. Yeah, I can only imagine. Um, that's I think I don't know if that's one of the first uh, videos I saw for you guys. Um, or uh, what was the black and white one? Oh yeah, that one. That was really controversial. That was um Ah oh, damn, I forgot what the name of that song is. I gotta I gotta find this. Yeah, so we um uh, that song we wanted to tackle like what what responsibilities do you have as a public figure to your listeners? Uh, you know, is that hard to say no? Hard to say no, yeah, because it's hard to say no to temptation. It's hard to say no to the fame. It's hard to say no to brands wanting to, you know, support you and, and you know, like cigarette brands or whatever. It's, you know, the image that you put out, like, it has its effect to, to the people that listen to your music. You know, the images that you put out has its effect to, to the people that watch your videos. But it's hard to say no to these temptations when you're grinding so hard and not getting, you know, you're making s- s- nothing on the streams and stuff, you know? Um, so that's what that music video was about. And we got into, uh, got into some trouble with that because of the kids uh, in, the, in the music video. Um, in terms of like, uh, uh, you know, people signing off lot- rights and stuff or? No, like people were just very uncomfortable with watching oh. what these kids were doing in this music video. Like children, yeah. two kids, there's a little boy and a little girl in the music video. I'm not going to tell you what they do. Go watch the music video. Give me my views. <laughs> go, go watch the music video. And um, uh, yeah. That, that ties into to a question Rudy was asking. Um, what difficulty did you have to pass through to get to where you are now? Uh, was there a moment that you can't forget uh, and you're glad it's over, but you hope you'll never pass through that again. Is there something that stands out in the journey? Yeah, those years when um, those years when when friends and, and businesses and other musicians didn't want to work with us because there was a a, a bad rumor going around the city about us. Um, that made it really difficult to uh, uh, to work with people, and it just happened to be that this this rumor came during one of the new cycles in Dubai because the UAE music scene 
at least for me, what I've experienced these 10 years, it goes through like these three, four year cycles where for three, four years, there's like DJs and artists that are kind of like the hot thing, you know, and they're kind of like the new popular kids in in the country, you know, they're the ones that are on at all the brand parties and stuff. And then they kind of die out after three, four years. And then there's a new generation of, of uh, cool kids and stuff. And this, this also happens with, with the people in, in the media industry here. You know, the people, the people that are in charge of the nightlife, the music uh, sections, and newspapers and magazines and whatnot. So this kind of happened during that time. So there was all these new people who didn't know us. You know, they, they just got to know us or whatever, even though we'd been around for a while. And so, yeah, it, that was that was a really difficult time, but we managed to get through it. And there's still some people who need us. And you'll know that it's bullshit, you know? Like, we're far from anything that you heard about us, you know, negatively. So there's that. And then now as well, I think, being, being, an older artist that's had this much experience and stuff. The UAE is really has a lot of platforms for up and coming artists. There's so many platforms and there's so much support for You couldn't have artists. hit it more on the head, man. Right? It's there's it's, there's a lot of stepping stone stuff. Yeah, but then once you've made it like there's not a lot left, you know? Like for example, beat, Beats on the Beach, you know, the the, the sh- when when the F1 is going on, they used to book actual artists to go and play. And then they limited that and then they did the emerging talent competition, which is great. It's a great thing, it's a great opportunity. But you just took away one of the very few live platforms for established artists over here. And I think that's one of the things that's missing here, you know, and and, and we're kind of struggling with that because there's a you know, in the hip hop scene, for example, there's all these um, there are all these uh, live interviews now with these big producers and, and radio figures, um, you know, overseas, and uh, they're only playing them up and coming artists mm-hmm. right? because they want to they want to support these up and coming artists, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, like it's great these artists are getting the support. But the one thing that we're feeling that's a struggle that we're trying to figure out right now is what to do as an established artist with the limited yeah. platforms of their own. Do you feel? Do you feel because of that there's like a uh, not a shelf life, but it, there's a ceiling. There's a, there, the cycle is already uh, a, a pretty well known thing in the UAE because of just the way the the. the culture works here you either come here to study or to work and then you're back um and cromwell agrees cromwell thank you so much for for tuning in my brother he says yes the cycles are true um but do you do you feel there's there's a, a there's a like a ceiling one hits in any genre in terms of like uh, uh being a, a creator in, in the uae and is that what inspired uh the ascent yeah funny enough it did because um you know, it got to a point where it was just like, okay, we we finished our our plans of promoting funerals in purgatory. You know, we spent the uh, 2016, 2017, and 2018. You know, marketing the shit out of that, trying to push it as much as we can. 2019, we were like, okay, what do we do now? Do we get back into the studio and start writing some new songs? 
I was like, that's the last thing I want to do. I'm not locking myself in a dark room with YouTube fucks anymore. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, no, like I want to go, I want to be social. Like I want to meet people and, and do things. And then it was also like, what is the next step for the recipe? You know, what do we do? And then the, we realized that one of the few things that we had that not a lot of artists have over here is the local experience. Yeah. The local music industry experience of the UAE. There's very few people that have been around and done what we've done here, you know? And we were like, you know, let's let's share this. Let's talk to the people that inspired us, that helped us, that that helped us to get to where we are and open doors for us. Let's uh, let's talk to them and, and give people the opportunity to learn from these people as well. I met Elia, who was on the same wavelength as me. And I met, well, I knew Milton, but Milton was also on the same, you know, had the same idea. And then, you know, we met some other people, Arij, Yoris, Russia, and we got together and we were like, yo, let's, uh, let's do this. Let's maybe we don't have the answers of what happens once you hit this plateau, but maybe someone listening to these people talk, you know, maybe they'll know what to happen. Maybe we'll learn while doing it. You know what I at mean? At least, at least yeah. have the conversation. Yeah, it goes back to what I said before. Like I'm always a student. You know, like yeah. I'll probably learn something else from someone in the crowd asking Aubrey a question that I never thought about before. You know, um, so yeah, uh, that's 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 how this set kind of started, and um, it kind of helped answer some some questions that we have about what's next it also opened doors to helping make change in the region um which funny enough i don't know did anyone get added to the whatsapp group that charles chaka uh created because charles chaka and dan bolton and some other people started doing these zoom calls where they got everyone in the entertainment industry together to talk about you know the problems that we have during during COVID-19 period mm-hmm. and they have gotten in touch with uh, ILEA I don't know if people if people have heard of ILEA ILEA is the International Live Events Association they're kind of like a union but they're not mm-hmm. uh, but they help uh, in lobbying laws in favor for the entertainment industry here mm-hmm. so Charles and this and this group uh, that's on WhatsApp um, you know, if you want to be a part of it, send me a message and I'll send your number to Charles so that you can be part of the group. There's a lot of really, really great information in this group. There's PDFs and stuff like that about, you know, what can you do as, as a musician, as, some, as, as anyone, somebody working in the entertainment industry, you know, to help you and, and your support. ILEA are doing really great things. Uh, you can become a member of ILEA for free now. They've made the membership for free. Uh, because people are struggling. So yeah, these talks have led to that, you know, and, and I feel like besides growing as an artist now, this has helped. We're doing, we're playing our part to help the scene grow now, you know, and, and hopefully go to the next step that'll break open the gates of that plateau. 
What what's the difference between someone uh, like you that wants that is an artist themselves and wants the scene to grow versus just being an artist? Because the majority aren't the ones actively trying to trying to grow the scene. What what what's the spark? Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just like not wanting to get into the studio straight away, but still <laughs> wanting to do something entertainment industry related. You know, and uh, like, I truly believe that, you know, if I don't have the answer, someone else does, you know, and if I can help someone else find those answers, then that's only going to help me in the long run, you know, because they'll figure it out and I'll see them figure it out and it'll inspire me to somehow mimic that in my own way, right? Um, so that's why I feel like it's important to to help the scene grow, at least for myself, you know? Again, this also goes back to the fact that there's not a lot of people that have this experience that I have. It's unique. I'm not saying that it's the best experience and I've got more experience than anyone else. No, I'm just saying that I think I have a very unique thing. I know quite a lot of people in the industry because I've been around for so long and I've worked with so many people. Um, and I think that's rare, and I I want to do something with that, you know. Besides, for my own benefit. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, uh, a big part of the the show is is uh, kind of the description you made that this is basically my uh, botched up version of an online uh, ascent. <laughs> it's yeah, just it's let's awesome. have the conversation. Kind of, if we have anything, if there's anyone in the in the in the chat that can contribute. Um, we just kind of uh, bounce back and forth and and uh, see see what sticks. See if, if anyone kind of takes anything away from it. Uh, Rudy has a good question for you there. What? Uh, besides music, what was your dream of becoming, and why? What <laughs> did you, if 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 you weren't doing uh, audio engineering and uh, and creating music, what would what would uh, Luki Swerte be doing right now? I'd have a restaurant. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna go for the jeans. No, I've moved past that. I've moved past that. I'd have a restaurant. I love food, man. I love food. Um, specifically barbecuing. Like when I was when my dad and my mom moved to Bali and I was on my own in Jakarta, they always made sure that my fridge and freezer was stacked with uh, with meat barbecue because it was the simple like it was the simplest thing to cook as a teenager you know, just make a fire and throw some meat on it so i became really good at barbecuing i love smoking smoking food not i not, actually not, uh, that i mean i i do prefer the illegal stuff too but i, <laughs> I like smoking smoking meats i just smoked an awesome short rib this past weekend if anyone watches my instagram they know i was just gonna say that rings a bell because i i've seen a bunch of your uh, instagram stories yeah uh, where, where you're just out there barbecuing <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like i'll barbecue my favorite thing to do on the weekend is just barbecue i'll barbecue for myself i'll go to the butcher across the road and buy one ribeye a couple of sausages you know and just and just grill grill for myself i don't care it's my favorite way to cook what would the what would the Suerte barbecue restaurant be called? The Suerte, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> the recipe shack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
funerals and and rib stacks funerals and rib stacks hell yeah (laughs) there's a there's a bunch of interesting uh there's a bunch of interested clientele already rude saying hell yeah i'll be your client Cromwell already guessed it he knew it was going to be something to do with eating yeah. Um, Mike is saying, Adam, man, I love food and uh, my own barbecue joint for sure. Akhan is throwing up a bunch of food emojis in the comment. Yeah, Cromwell is saying, sorry, what was that? Yeah, I, I mean, it's still a dream of mine. I think at one point I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back from this music thing, probably go to go back to Bali and, and open up a restaurant in Bali and just kick it in Bali and eat food. And, I don't you know, know uh, we uh, one of one of my like ultimate uh, dreams in life. I saw we, uh, my wife and I went to uh, went to um, Portugal uh, for for vacation, and I saw this guy in in Lisbon who owned a building. Uh, the first floor of the building was a bar. The second floor was uh, his his apartment with his wife, and the last floor was like a a rooftop garden that he had. And this guy would just. Wake up in the morning, go down to the bar. It went before four. It was a breakfast place where he'd serve uh, like eggs and bacon. And uh, four o'clock hits. He dims the lights. It turns into a bar. Um, and then he just he locks up uh, and goes upstairs and hangs out. And he has a guitar in the corner of the bar where he just sometimes plays and sings to the people. Um, and the night that I was there, the few nights that I was there, this guy didn't even uh, mind leaving. The, the regulars inside the bar told them to just leave whatever they use uh, drop the money behind the counter yeah. and and lock up and drop the uh, the key in the like uh, mail hole and I was like yo if I if I ever uh, get the chance to do that and like just that would be my retirement just work downstairs live upstairs and hang out at a bar with musicians all day that would be the way I'd do it that's funny yeah that sounds that sounds awesome that, that guy's living large. Oh, someone wants to do a cook-off. <laughs> yeah, there's a... I'm not a, laughing at you, okay? I, I'm just laughing from excitement. That's probably <laughs> nervous, nerves as well. <laughs> uh, Krum is saying, ask him about the Indonesian restaurant in Karama. Oh, yeah. Daburkita in Karama. That's my home away from home, man. That is my home away from home. If I sit in Dapurkita and I watch the, the TV that's always playing Indonesian uh, channels and I don't look outside, I feel like I'm back home in Indonesia somewhere in Jakarta. It's absolutely amazing food. Dapurkita, um, that's my favorite joint. If um, if you're interested in Indonesian food, in uh, in JLT, there's a place called uh, Batawi. Uh, okay. I think they're on... Uh, they should be on Zomato, I think. Uh, get the nasi padang rendang. It's orgasmic. You guys, you guys have to uh, rewind tape for for that pronunciation because I'm I'm not even gonna try and attempt it. <laughs> I've uh, I've I've butchered names like Michael on this uh, on this podcast. So. <laughs> um, uh, Joy saying uh, in the UK uh, there would be nothing left if you said help yourself. Uh, yeah, and um, uh, what they're asking, what about motorbikes, Luki? Oh man, I love my bikes. I got a BMW R9T. Um, it's my baby. I absolutely love it. Uh, yeah, sometimes I just I, and I'm not like I'm not a social biker. 
like I, to me it's 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 a solo thing like i like to just get on my bike and just ride yeah like, by myself you know like it's, it's my getaway um and i i drive i i live in murdin so it's very easy for me to just head towards hata and just drive down that desert road on my own and it's uh it's amazing i love it like um yeah i'm not about meeting up at petrol stations in my leather vest and then going and having coffee somewhere. That's not. We uh, we we. Culture, I'm about. <laughs> uh, ta- talking about talking about um, the ride and the food and everything. We never uh, fully answered uh, in in like in like a, uh, a concise way uh, what home is uh, to yeah. you or where you think home is. <sighs> I don't know, man. I'm still searching for it. Like one of one of I, I have these certain lines in my songs in, in different songs that resonate so much for me. I have one song where each verse ends with the line, maybe one day I'll find my own way home. Mm-hmm. Um, and it speaks so much to me because I I think I'm still searching for home, you know? I don't feel at home anywhere. The closest is probably here and in, in Indonesia, but then again, It's never a hundred percent, you know. Like, I still look around and realize that I am not part of this culture, you know. Like, I'm not an Arab. Like, this isn't. This is. I'm in the Middle East, you know. But I'm not an Arab. Because as much as I love this place, in the end of Place to Rest, in the funerals in Purgatory, my whole verse is about this country, is about Dubai. The last line in Place to Rest, I go, I'm at home in an alien space. Where the differences make us common, nice. and that's Dubai. When I perform that live, I actually say I'm at home in an alien space where the difference makes us common. Dubai, um, and yeah, as much as this place has become home for me, it's, it's not a hundred percent. You know, I do realize I'm an alien. I do realize that if I lose my job, I gotta go. You know, yep. Indonesia is the closest, probably the closest thing to home for me. But even there, like I've been away from it for so I, I left Indonesia when I was 17. Okay, I'm now 37 years old. Like I've been out of Indonesia longer than I've been in Indonesia. Is that right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. My math is. Yeah. Yeah. 20. <laughs> I've been I've been out of Indonesia longer than than I've been in Indonesia. You know. So when I go home to Indonesia now, like it's changed so much. You know, um, I, I, I don't feel at home 100% there either. So yeah, it's a constant thing for me. Man. Constant. Maybe on my bike, exactly. When I'm on my <laughs> bike and when I'm barbecuing, I feel at home. Yeah, we we got a we got a home is where the barbecue grill is uh, in the uh, BMW. Yo yo, look up BMW R9T right now and don't tell me that is a beautiful bike. It is yes, it's a BMW, but it's not the type of BMW that you think it is, man. <laughs> there was there was some skepticism in the in the comments there about the BMW. Um, it's funny that you uh, you said that there's that verse, uh, there's that song about the bike because uh, we have uh, we have quicksand, mm-hmm. um, a, a track that um, uh, is on the last Bengali album. That's exactly that. It's also it touches on like the idea of the, this place swallowing you. Up and kind of making you forget the identity, but also you can't you can't really call this place home at the same time. It's this weird 
uh, juxtaposition between like you can't leave but you can't really stay it's such a weird place to, to explain to people and I thought uh, I thought the idea of quicksand yeah uh, was uh, w- was the best representation of it. it like that's what I was thought I was like I was just imagining the picture in my head like, that's so true yeah, I was meant to leave. I keep 2010. I was like, this is my last year in Dubai. <laughs> We've all had that. Uh, Khan is saying we're gypsies, bro, making music wherever we go. Uh, Francis in the house saying R90 exclamation point. You got you got the uh, the support. Riding is riding as long as you love the wind, the road. A bike is a bike. Uh, I like gold wings myself from Mike. Hello. All right, I'm back. What the hell happened? Oh, did I lose you there? I didn't even think I lost yeah. you. I th- yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, I was reading. Uh, I was reading Mike's comment. He says, uh, "Writing's li- writing as long as you love the wind, the road. A bike is a bike. Uh, I like gold wings myself." Yeah, man. I think. I think at some point I am gonna have to consider getting a cruiser bike. Um, I love my R90, but. I as you get as you get older you appreciate the cruisers yeah, I've always been uh, I've always been uh, too uh, I'll just say I was too chicken shit to ride a fucking bike properly every a uh, bunch of my friends had it had uh, bikes growing up and uh, even even here in the UAE and I'm just I, I I drive a really big slow fat car that just takes its time and gets me from place point A to point B <laughs> Um, uh, home isn't a place anymore it's more of a feeling or sentiment from Wajiha that's very well put I really yeah. like that that's very true um, uh, Santosa uh, Santosa saying I used to think uh, the same every year but do you like here's a question I want to put out there like do you guys ever get a jealous feeling like do you ever watch people who like are like full on Lebanese or like full on something and they go home to their country and there's a sense of belonging like they really belong there you know and I, like there's times where like i i miss that like i feel like that's something that's missing in my life yeah. and i do look at them with some form of jealousy where i'm like i wish i had a, a feeling of belonging somewhere in that way you know where i truly represented a people and a nation and i guess my way around it is to, is to sort of represent third culture kids you know and that's what we did as a recipe. We tried to represent third culture kids and, and what we do in, in, in our music. If you listen to if, if you listen to our lyrics and funerals and purgatory, a lot of it is very is third culture kid stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. Same same with Zvengali. and uh, that that uh, uh, kind of emotion hit me uh, the first time I was here. And you know, around the summer when everyone just starts saying, you know, where are you going? Oh, I'm gonna go back home for the summer. Um, and I was like. I, I don't have one of those. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, even even going back to Jordan, I, I still have to get a visa on arrival. Uh, yeah. I've, I've never been to Iraq. I've never, I was born in Kuwait, but left when I was like six months old. Um, I can't, I, I, I technically, uh, Sydney is home or Australia. I'm Australian, but I don't look or oh, sound it. So, pick up the accent. Dude, I, I, left, uh, I left Sydney when I was 13 and moved straight to Doha, Qatar. So okay. uh, and went straight to an American school, okay. and uh, and just walking Yo, around, Sydney. walking around there, not not speaking Arabic as well. I didn't know Arabic at that time, so it was uh, it was a quick adjustment to not get my ass kicked. 
Sydney's hip hop culture is blowing up right now, man. There's a lot of really good rappers coming out of Sydney right now. I, I, you know what? And that's another reason uh, that imposter syndrome kind of kicks in when, uh, whenever someone says where you're from, and I, I have to say like, oh, I have an Australian passport, um, because I feel like. Yeah, that I, wow. I I I grew up there for yeah I we we got the passports when we were we were there, and um, I, I have to explain because I don't look or sound uh, like I, I I come from Australia, and I also didn't kind of have my formative years, so everything we talk about like I can't tell you about the local grunge and metal scene in yeah. Sydney, but I could throw down uh, every album that came out of Jordan or or Iraq or Dubai or you know what I mean like. Um, so I feel more a part of this world, and uh, it's also kind of, in a weird way, the place that We're doesn't so want me around. We're people. Yeah. These, these mongrel third culture kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with one last question, bro, and uh, I'm gonna let you go. It's been an amazing talk, and I feel like I could I could sit here for another three hours, honestly. Um, th- there's so much to cover, and I feel like I I just realized how similar our paths have been. Yeah, uh, and I kind of want to want to go back and nitpick on a few of the things that we hit, but uh, hey, we'll save yeah, we'll save that. You want? Uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll hook it up. We'll we'll make a, another part two, and uh, and we'll uh, we'll dig deeper into some things. But um, let's just run through these uh, comments. Uh, Joy is saying, "I rode a Goldwing in Paris when I was 18. Awesome. Wouldn't get on one now." Um, I think my next buy, oh, my next buy, if, if I sell my BMW R9T, I'm probably going to get the Triumph Rocket 3 new one. That is beast. That looks, that looks cool. We need to have a, we need to have an after hours episode with you and Khan and the tribe because you guys are all talking about bikes, right? Yeah. I don't even have a bicycle. <laughs> um, Mike is saying my immediate family is American, so I'm sort of jealous most of the time. Nope. Uh, yeah, I have um, I have a lot of family in the states uh, through through my wife Tara, and um, there's uh, you get these winds of like the land of our opportunity. Oh nope nope, get back get back. Yeah. Um, kind of saying maybe we don't belong in a certain place, but rather with the right people. Dude, yeah. that needs to be on a t-shirt. Yeah, that's um, harder than the alien saying that we were trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah, uh, what you have saying always did. Still do feel that way. Hopefully someday soon, uh, there can be a place too that we can all call home. Um, I think uh, I think looking back at, uh, at what Khan was saying, you know, home is uh, home is that that uh, the right people. I have it tattooed all over my uh, my ribs. You don't have to be blood to be family. And honestly, they, I found family out here, and that's that's kind of what keeps keeps us sane, keeps us around. Um, our bring it to fills and custom the fuck out of it from francis uh is that is that a that's another bike thing isn't it yeah it's another bike that's the r90 because <laughs> r90 is made to custom on it right? it's a it's, it's, it's a great bike uh, Khaled saying the, the one time I went to Iraq as a kid, it was the one time I felt home. When I go back to London, I'm sure as shit not home. Uh, Abu Dhabi slash Dubai is definitely in my heart as home, as a home away from home. Uh, but yeah, definitely jealous of the guys who have stories about their home countries. Uh, 100% relate to that, my dude. Uh, Joey's also saying, yes, my brother-in-law was always so happy and excited to go back to Italy for holidays. They loved their home. Um, Adnan, I love the way you say Qatar. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, it's it's part of the 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 
shedding uh, skin as quickly as possible, uh, shedding the accent and trying to figure out my place in that. And that it was very difficult to be in like whatever it was, middle school, uh, in in a place that um, had it was predominantly a local uh, crowd that didn't speak the English as well as I did, and also made fun of the way I spoke Arabic. So it was one of those great areas that I had to learn very quickly. Yeah, um, I. I uh... I, when I first moved to Dubai, I actually lived in Sharjah, <laughs> and I still don't, I still don't know if I say this area correctly. I can never say it right, but I used to live in Taun, 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 Taun. Anyway, whenever I say it, <laughs> Arabs would always look at me funny because they think that I, I'm saying that I live in the plague or something. Oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah my wife. Gives me a lot of shit for that. <laughs> but see, he's always, um, like, he's always like, "Ask him where he used to live in Sharjah." <laughs> I'm so bad that I can't tell where where the 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 wrong part is in that word. <laughs> <laughs> That's how bad I am. Um, uh, Rudy saying, "I miss my family and friends and the Lebanese food, but I can't live in Lebanon because when you go when you get married, it won't be about you anymore. It's about who to provide to for your family." Um, yeah. Absolutely, Rudy. Yeah, I, I completely yeah, agree. And. I found uh, someone introduced me to like a gem and this place this is a food thing by the way Malak al-Tawuk on Hesse oh yeah yo what the fuck yeah yeah I, I you know what someone said home is where the shawarma is at I think I think when I'm eating that shish tawuk Kabir, I, whatever. I got. I gotta get you something, just I'm so you know. N- no shit. I'm not. I'm what not shitting fuck, you. Man. That is some beautiful fucking food right there, Malak al Listen to me and my stupid accent. Got it ready for. for oh after show. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. You we don't it. mess around. You're, you're so right. We connect on like <laughs> a lot of color, bro. <laughs> All right, I'm 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 gonna hit I'm gonna hit you with uh with that massive question at the end that I I, I started a couple of episodes ago, but I've I find that uh, that a lot of people uh, have to dig deep to think of it, to think of the answer. If you were to go back in time, having been through everything you've been through, back to Swarte, 14 years old, switching decks to record his uh, his vocal layers. What's the one piece of advice you'd give yourself before hitting the road on the journey you've been through? It's going to be okay. And just enjoy it. That's it. Simple. Just that. It's going to be okay. And just enjoy it. going to be okay. And just enjoy it. Ladies and gentlemen, final words of episode 30 of unmuted i had so much fun uh, yeah. talking to you Swarty. thank you so much for your time thank you man thanks for having me shout out to everyone uh everyone that joined us man stuck around until 11 30 uh kind <laughs> of saying can you both respect the tribe and show your tattoos before you leave us uh with nothingness after i'm muted um uh n- no i'm not i'm not gonna start you see this that's my name in balinese um, I got the, it goes it goes around like, towards my back here. Um, I got this for my 18th birthday for my mom, um, and the reason I have my name there is so that if I ever uh, passed out on the streets of Bali, 
uh, and people you you in- and people found me, they would know my name. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That is great. Um, well, okay, then then I'll show one that I don't have to strip for. Um, I got a snow globe here. A snow globe. That's awesome. Why snow globe with a with a house, two trees, two cats, uh, and a little fence. Because because uh, when my wife and I first started uh, talking about eleven years ago on BBM or whatever the fuck it was, um, uh, she she sent me a, a, a hand drawn image of uh, we were you know the 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 at a high school kind of flirt like oh where do you see yourself or what's the perfect place for you she said uh, you know just out in the wilderness with with two cats and then a white picket fence and she sent me this uh this snow globe uh hand-drawn image and uh and years later when we were on our honeymoon in portugal uh i stepped into a tattoo shop with that same picture and got it tattooed on me that's awesome man that's gonna make up for the comment you said earlier <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right thank you guys so much um uh, Khaled still saying take it off no we're gonna we're gonna hit the outro actually uh, you know what guys um we have we have uh would uma thurman get flagged if we play it as the outro i don't know. I think it because it was vivo right that would get, yeah. get flagged yeah. All right, then uh, then I'm going to play uh, you guys uh, a GDE, yeah. uh, formerly known as Goddamn Electric. Yeah. Uh, the, I think the song is called Trap. Yeah. Oh, and, I love it. Uh, so, so we'll, we'll... Song, man. Krom, if you're still watching, let's let's do this. Let's do this. And uh, Krom, uh, you hit me up when I was in the States asking for a collaboration. I'm still waiting on that follow-up call. Uh, and I'm yeah. going to give you shit for it on your episode. <laughs> Uh, who wants to see Adnan strip? Uh, okay, this 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 comment section is going off off the charts. Um, Rudy like, with the mic. It's like TV. It. You know, once once TV hits like after after midnight or something, that's like, that's <laughs> when, like in, I think in France or something they put a little red dot in the corner so that you know like your kids are asleep now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's a, it's the same people. They just change personalities. They're like, take it off. <laughs> what what happened, guys? We were talking about inspiration. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you to everyone. Um, we're gonna we're gonna play uh, GDE right now. Uh, Swarte, thank you so much, my dude. Honestly, means the world to me. And um, the next episode, just so you guys know, we got Freak, uh, yeah. the the guy we talked about uh, yeah. during during the episode. He's gonna be on here, a musician from from Abu Dhabi. And uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be one one for the books because I have uh, some history with him and I'm curious about his journey as well. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Uh, thanks so much, my dude. And here's GDE with trap.
ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 30. Um, much, much love to all of you guys. And, uh, and thank you. Thank you so much for, for everything. The tribe is unbelievable. I always say it. Um, Judy, uh, Francis, Saleh Khan, um, every, everybody, everybody. You guys know who you are. Uh, thank you so much for everything. And um, yeah, like I said, Freak is on uh, Wednesday, episode 31. And um, let's, uh, start, let's start a conversation. Let's, let's have uh, more of these chats. And uh, just so you guys, um, if you guys don't mind helping us out, getting the algorithm to, to pop this uh, video elsewhere, when, uh, when the uh, uh, kind of saying, oh, dude, you're still on, so take it off then. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, no, no taking off of anything, guys. No taking off of anything. But uh, so, so you uh, help us, uh, you know, spread the, the video. Um, if you guys just like blast that like button, uh, get those get those likes flying up uh, as the intro as the outro rather uh, rolls um, it'll it'll mean the world to us uh, like I said if you want to support the show there's a link in the description to our Patreon page and um, yeah I'll see you guys on Wednesday 